So if you took googly eyes and a Sharpie to your toilet paper roll... It would be running after your butt. <laughs> <laughs> or just jumping into the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. And stuff. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Uh, Danae's callback is a call forward. That's, That's how right. it works on this show because everything happens, all the stuff you don't hear during the show happens in the outtakes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we, we do call forwards. That's right. For that stuff. How is everybody? Good. Good. You guys took over last week. Yeah, we did. It was great. Barrett was so fun to have on the show. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Uh, Jonathan, you did great editing and making sure everything got put together. Yeah. And Danae, you did great hosting. I was so nervous. Yeah? Yeah. This is your second time, right? I know, but there was something about this particular time that I was like, I, I had that nervous energy about. And so I mm. never really felt like I was calmed down. Plus, I was in the room by myself. And usually I have you to kind of like mm-hmm. at least visually bounce off of and stuff. It's a we- it's a weird thing. I, I have a lot of respect for people who do solo podcasts. Uh, and you're not, you weren't even solo, solo. You had people on the other end of the line yeah. that you were talking to, but there's, it's a whole different skill level to really have a conversation with the audience in that way. Uh-huh. We like having a conversation with you, but we have each other to mm-hmm. like gauge, like if something's landing, if it's not landing uh-huh. when, when, during my radio time, I worked with a co-host for a long time before I went solo for about a year, year and a half. And when I went solo, I found myself saying the same thing over and over and over again. Are you there? Are because, you there? Yeah, because Are I wasn't getting any response. I was like, nobody's in the room laughing. Nobody's in the room commenting. Maybe I should say it a different way. It's <laughs> amazing. So, yeah, I had to kind of work myself out of that. But uh, but then Danae came along and was my radio co-host after That's that. True. And it and, was all solved. And then everything else is history yeah. and record breaking. And That's gosh, right. we're just so great. <laughs> That's right. I also was nervous the whole time because I knew at the end I was going to talk about the criticism. And I usually get to bounce oh, yeah. off the criticism with you. And yeah. you're like my emotional buffer. And uh-huh. you were gone. And I still decided to do it. I thought you handled it really well. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, the guy stood up for you and, you know, we're like, go away, shut up. Well, and like, the whole, it was so funny because we were both just like, yeah, we, I mean, we don't want to like just like call anybody out or anything. And then Barrett was just like, shut up. I know. <laughs> so that was unexpected. But also a lot of really great commentary in mm. on uh, Twitter and Discord. Yeah, some really nice comments. Yeah. Um, there was conversation about being careful with words mm-hmm. and so i loved that there was even people that were like if there was any criticism about you this is what i would have thought it was which tells me that other people were thinking it too and mm-hmm. so i'm really glad to just have somebody bring it to my conscious and i don't think that they were trying to be jerks about it but it, it didn't seem that way any anytime you get criticism you kind of feel like it might be a little bit jerky but that i, I was really trying to not assume make assumptions that that person was like angry with me but anyways the whole the whole thing the whole time i'm there i'm like how am i going to transition into this and so it was just like this looming feel the most beautiful thing that came out uh, of it for me uh was to hear how our weaknesses become our strengths yeah 
And what you see when we've talked about it before as a weakness of not, you know, having the vast encyclopedic knowledge that, you know, Chris and Jeremy and and Barrett and Jonathan have like that is that's one of my fears. But the other one is that I just don't enjoy myself when I'm watching. Right. And this is what I'm saying. So those are see you perceive those as weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And then you hear people commenting after you talk about it saying, no, this is your strength. Right. Your strength is that you bring a perspective. That's right. Of some of a normie you, <laughs> you know you, some, i'm just going and living life and stuff right yes exactly <laughs> you know you you bring that perspective to the table so that the sins that you write the things that mm-hmm. you see they come from a perspective that is not as drowned in pop culture and i think that's valuable and what's really funny behind the scenes what's going on i can't tell you what movie it is because it's not released yet but we'll get to it eventually is the same exact week that we have that conversation mm-hmm. i watched a movie that i do not like so much and barrett does and we wrote the script together and he like fake fired me over it because <laughs> he's like how can you not you know you're fired this is it this is it Danae. i i honestly did not know that barrett liked that movie that much that's that was interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure he was. Um, well, and this is something that Aaron and I talk about, too, is the movies that I think are terrible. If you watch as many as you guys do, it's really not terrible. Right. But, uh, my gauge. Yeah, that was is, the, and that was the, that was what I meant on my tweet. Yes. You know, I, was, I was trying to give you a positive there. You're so great. We'll talk about that one in a couple weeks. Actually, yeah. that'll be a couple uh, weeks. I was going to say, too, I forgot to say this last week when you were talking about that. But I mean, there's. I mean, there's directors and screenplay writers and actors that are not huge movie fans. Right. Um, and and they're they do great work. You know, I mean, you don't have to. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it is interesting. And I, I really loved talking about it. And I really loved the confidence to continue to just, you know, keep doing what I do and not feel like I have to change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm glad that it came off well. That no, was great. You guys did overall. You guys did an and amazing job. And I feel super job. supported and I yeah. appreciate it. But when you say you don't like yourself while you're watching a movie, it's really funny because I'm like picturing you like watching a movie just like, 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 I don't know, like hitting yourself or something oh. like, like, God, God, and they just like this. Like, I'm just like, I'm in pain now. Like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like monastic discipline. You're like whipping yourself with leathers across the shoulders. It sort of hey, feels like it. Hey, I'm, I'm married to a, I mean, she, she, I mean, my wife likes movies. Okay. But she's like, she's not a movie buff. Like, I mean, she's nowhere near that. So yeah, um, I, like, it, it, I mean, they're, it's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Like, it's great. It's fine. It's great. You guys ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's kick it off with this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. We're going to take a look at the uh, videos from the week and talk about the process of sending them. Uh, we'll tell you a little bit uh, about how we felt about the content in general and then specifically the videos. Uh, we'll kick it off with TV Sins. Still doing some Rick and Morty. This will be going on a little bit. We're loving uh, getting into uh, the Rick and Morty episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week we did Rick Steam Minutes, which um, has become known as Interdimensional Cable 1. Uh, because they did another one uh, of these types of episodes, mm-hmm. but the actual title is Rixty Minute. Uh, Rixty Minutes. Uh, this is an Atkinson Dicer joint. Chris and I wrote on this. Uh, so, um, what did you think? What do you guys think about this episode in particular? We don't need to repeat ourselves on a lot of the Rick and Morty stuff in general. Um, mm-hmm. but this is a really interesting, fascinating episode. I, probably because it's the first time that. They get the cable out and it becomes this sort of random infinite yeah, universe. So improvisational, kind of you know, it's just especially especially with the um, oh, what's his name who laughs at his own Justin Roiland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, 
I remember watching this one and thinking it was really fun because it's so random and silly and goofy. And and then, of course, now that I've um, gotten into the whole sinning brain and then I'm, you know, watching them with a critical eye, I'm I'm in that same vein where it's like, well, that's just silly. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Not that it has to 100 percent, but at the same time, it kind of does, you know. Yeah. Especially for what we do. Yeah. Um. But that was a that was a fun episode for me to watch the first time. What do you think about this episode, Jonathan? Um, I thought it was I thought it was I mean, the episode itself, I thought was funny. Um, it re- this is a weird thing, but there was a movie in the early 90s called uh, Stay Tuned with John Ritter and Pam Dauber. Oh, was 92. yeah. Yeah. And uh, there it basically the premise of that of that movie is that I mean it's been a while since I've seen it but the the satellite that they get ends up I don't know if it's of alien origin but it's something like that like something happens to the satellite and so they start getting like really weird TV shows and TV channels and mm-hmm. I mean I'm not I mean I wouldn't be shocked if Dan Harmon that's exactly what he was thinking of when he did this the way this show is uh, the way it shouts out to obscure stuff yeah well it's, but, it's um, kind of that in UHF right like it's yeah, the whole UHF, yeah, UHF thing UHF is another great example because we even shout out to that in, mm-hmm. in the video itself uh but no it, it's funny i mean it's like a lot of parody stuff i mean some of it's hit some of it's miss but i would say there was more hits than than misses here um i enjoyed the uh the the corn uh the corn people <laughs> um one of the things that chris said because uh, of course i asked him his mm-hmm. thoughts yeah, yeah of course uh, he also did the same thing where he was kind of comparing it to it. He said he'd compare it to um, an issue both Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip and 30 Rock had when they would try to show the sketches that the show within a show would perform. Mm-hmm. And then they would often and then they were often not funny or good, but also didn't have the feel of a sketch show. Like, yes, SNL is frequently unfunny, but each sketch has a vibe to them that registers as a sketch. Whereas those two shows about sketch shows couldn't quite replicate the feel. And they always came up short, both in being funny on their own and being parodies of those sketches because they there wasn't truth to them. Mm-hmm. So like I, that when you're talking about other shows, it's that a difficult thing to of, do, yeah. he was had that same kind of a feel. I think too. this I think this does it better. Well, maybe it doesn't do it better. Maybe the stakes are just lower. You know, I think that's what it is. Like in something like this, they can just goof. They left in him laughing at himself. Like yeah. it's obvious they don't care, right? Yeah. Like it's in that Oh, that's kind of the fun part of Rick and Morty though. Right. You know? Yeah. Is it's just a different kind of a show. Yeah. Now, now just cuz you don't care doesn't mean it's not important, right? Yeah, right. And so it's here's the interesting part uh that the sin that that is in there about that moment is a combine of Chris and Mai's very different takes on this. Mm. Chris just wrote a sin removal. Chris thought it was hilarious, thought it was the best part of the episode, you know, mm-hmm. it just, you know, and I wrote a sin about it, like basically what I just said to you, to you which is, yes, we know you're imp- improvising. Imp- Improvising, improv, improvising, (laughs) improvising, improvisationalism. Yes, (laughs) we know you're improvising, uh, but at the same time, can you please maintain some sense of you know Mm -hmm. dramatic consistency, that kind of thing? So we kind of combine the two together. Yeah, it it pulls. I thought that was perfect though, um, because it does pull at both. Like it's funny, but at the same time, it's super distracting. I'm noticing that about a lot of Rick and Morty. A yeah. lot of Rick and Morty is like, you are hilarious, but this is kind of horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it is a com- yeah. it's a combination. It's almost right. like they don't care. Right. It's, it's, it feels like sometimes when you're watching Rick and Morty, it's like they've been given a budget and they just they don't care. Right. And so, hey, if, if you want us to write stuff that, you know we don't really care about and you but you think it's great then let's just keep doing stuff that like we don't Listen, care about we've been accused of the same thing yeah. so like exactly. you know right. i it's it, i i get it it's fun do it 
all, you know, but it is different. For them, but it, it is, is different. It is yeah. different. Yeah. Well, yeah. another thing I thought about while watching the show, speaking of kind of being torn, is that like I do not like gross out humor. Like ninety nine percent of the time, like that's a that is it's just gross. Like I just gross yeah. for the sake of being gross. <laughs> yep. It's just not something I enjoy. But Rick and Morty somehow finds a way to make it as smart, I guess, as you can make it be. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and Chris said he said that's an episode that's actually decently funny for the most part, and he said it's yeah, hard to totally. sin because of the infinite possibilities caveat. Mm-hmm. So when you send these things, you have to really think about the world in which these sketches exist exactly and that's where it's sometimes hard to see any race finding this stuff entertaining because it's so free-flowing and and loses some truth with this kind of comedy writing mm-hmm. and sometimes it's maybe even too random um so those are kind of the notes that he wrote well, on it yeah and the two of you even point out that one where i can't even remember what they called it was it like was it like ball mongers or something like that oh and it the ended up just being like an 18 yeah. show yeah yeah. Um, where they make it sound like something like they're they're all excited about like, hey, we just found this show and, you know, you're over here doing this. But then you go watch the show and it's like, yeah, but it's just the A-team. Like, <laughs> yeah. why, why is that interesting? Just because yeah. it has like this name, you know. So well, and, and here's, there were a few things like that. Here's the thing. I, here's another thing I want to talk about. And we do send it a couple times in the video in a couple different places. Infinity messes everything up. When you say there are infinite worlds and infinite channels and infinite shows. It means that probably every show you tune into uh, should be almost unrecognizable to you because, in you know, some worlds are going to have characters whose visual perception is different than ours somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it, the fact that that all these characters and all these shows are humanoid mm-hmm. is kind of silly. Yeah. Right. You know, even even though they're corn, they're corn with human arms and human legs and human facial Eyes. features, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and so it's very obvious and obviously this is because that's what we can relate to and, and yeah. see. But at the same time, when you talk about infinite possibilities, yeah, it's almost like he had, he should have had like the humanoid filter on and then it would have been right. Yeah. Would, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to there, there could, I mean, yeah, some of this stuff you shouldn't even be able to see. Like some of it should be like in different dimensions. Yeah. Or, you would need like six eyes. Yeah, to exactly, that's what I'm talking about. Or mm-hmm. even in, they run into the same thing with the thing that they give the rest of the family where they can see based on their, Oh yeah. Yeah. Their, their DNA. DNA, kind of what their possible other, you know, lives would be and they can, you know, see into their other possible lives. Well, and then they give it to their daughter and she's like missing in some of hers. Well, they should have been missing in some of theirs too. It's infinite, you know, possible. Right. If she can be missing in some of hers, I don't know. So it's just some of the other continuity stuff that uh, uh, Chris was po- talking about was the world where the guy gets to sell the fake doors. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. can afford a 90 second commercial um, or a guy with ants in his eyes who hilariously points out to a dryer when talking about refrigerators, but also conveniently forgets that the crew had to film the commercial and apparently no one wants to tell him what was going on. So it's like, there's just all these different ways. Like if you stop and you look at these commercials mm-hmm. or you look at these moments, they fall apart. And one <laughs> of them is the infinite, you know, thing. I like that you guys pointed out the infinite thing. Cause and I, I talked about this before. I, I'm kind of just one of those happy consumers. Like <laughs> this is funny, you know, and I don't right. really think critically about it. Oh when my I'm God. Watching Speaking it. of like struggling with watching something, that guy with ants in his eyes. Was oh, just wasn't that uncomfortable? Me. I don't know what it was it about was that. So uncomfortable. That was oh so being, being on fire. Who cares? But ants in your eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. it was just hard. It, that was that was for me too. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that, and probably because I blocked it from my mind. Whereas here's here's the truth of things: mm-hmm. ants crawling over your eyeball doesn't hurt. Isn't that weird? Have you had that happen? No, before? but it does, you can touch your eye. Like it's not. It's not. I mean, if they bit your eye, maybe. But I mean, what do they poop on your eye? <laughs> like <laughs> microscopic or ant poop. Pink eye. Danae, I don't pink eye. Oh no! What if pink eye is way. it's ant poop? <laughs> Oh, no. I don't want to find out what ants on my eyes feels like. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, can we talk about some of the, our favorite kind of standout? Go for it. Um, yeah, go for it. Unless you have some other thoughts that you wanted to share. No, no, no. I'm good. Go for it. Uh, I'm with Jonathan about the the corn just starting off with the but but it was like you the show itself didn't do any corn related jokes probably because they're corn and they don't think that way I don't know (laughs) yeah but the corny corn popping kernel of truth is a too corny thing I loved that thanks and I was like that's an Aaron one it's gotta be it has to be I do love my puns vote Aaron on that one um, I also really love this uh, helmet going straight to Hellman's for people who put the utensils on the counter. Listen, that was is infuri- that you? Yeah, that was infuriating <laughs> to me. I'm just like I didn't know I didn't know which part to be more upset about. I didn't know if to be more upset that 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 he was spreading peanut butter on top of the jelly instead of on the other slice of bread. Let's talk about I, that. I, I do that. By I the way. know people do that, and those people, including you, I don't understand. <laughs> but I, what I do is I scoop out the jelly with a spoon so oh, I'm, interesting. Not, I'm not getting like peanut butter in the jelly jar right that's important I, mean, I just like it mixed up man I, well i mean that's how i eat my well, when you put the pieces like, together I, it mixes I, I, up. I turn it into like a casserole no okay <laughs> oh yum mm, mm-hmm. casserole oh sorry uh i guess i'm hungry i don't know I like wait danae do you do this too no well i don't eat peanut butter and jelly okay fair enough not not because i hate it just i don't ever think about peanut butter and jelly right. as an option when i go to the refrigerator so and i open it's it probably up the food other than pizza that i've had the most in my life and i'm like i don't have anything to eat i grab my keys and go to taco bell <laughs> i don't go oh but i have peanut butter and jelly and bread i always forget that's an option <laughs> right yeah. but in the comments there are many people who were totally with jonathan on like this is how i make mine and here's why even though it does eventually touch the bread i guess when you put the jelly on the bread at the beginning it starts to soak in and they want less soakage well then jelly the bread last i don't (laughs) what oh i do i do peanut butter first but then i scoop the jelly out put it on top top of it spread it but what does it matter aaron if it's gonna touch no matter what like what does it matter matter. no it does matter (laughs) because then oh no the distribution becomes uh-huh. way off because you're squooshing the peanut butter around. You don't know how much jelly necessarily oh, you've put on there. People need to understand you are a every bite has that perfect balance person. Yes. Yeah. So if you get one bite and it's mostly peanut butter and the next bite it's mostly jelly, your day is off. And then just the mess yeah, of know. it. It's just, I don't know. It just seems so much more messy. It's like, hilarious. Um, but I can't then, wait to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in front of you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's my really torture. At Sin Week? I'm doing it on purpose. <laughs> forget, <laughs> forget waterboarding. <laughs> just, just make a PB&J wrong. Um, I also uh, just wanted to say, just in case my husband decides to ever listen to this podcast, he absolutely hates utensils, dirty utensils, touching the counter that just yeah that that's gross he like absolutely you just it. peanut butter and you just set that put, right on the counter put a goddamn paper towel <laughs> how hard is that you that's get a paper hilarious. towel you set it next to what you're doing it's like people like you know like people don't know what to do with the eggshells it's like when they break seriously. an egg open it's like have a paper towel handy seriously like, you want ants in your eyes that's, that's how, how you, you get, get ants in, in your eyes, eyes. <laughs> there you go um, I also, uh, when w- at the outtake where he's eating out of that bowl, I don't, is it, is it like, cra- what is that bowl? It's poop. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then, uh, he, so when he says, what is it? This shit is delicious. Uh-huh. All I can hear is these chips are good. And I so <laughs> wanted that to be the outtake. And I actually messaged Jonathan about it. I was like, how funny would it have been? People were surprised. We, they were like, how did you get the, the knives out audio for that outtake? And I was like, well, it's in the trailer. So yeah. that makes it a little bit easier. Um, another one, and Jonathan, jump in and talk. You mean like, just stop no, me. Good. Uh, the fake door, mm-hmm. uh, .com, um, in the comments was mentioned by Alicia Nagel that the fake door.com is actually for sale. 
So I went to go look at what it would like, what you could do. Mm-hmm. You have to buy it for four thousand dollars. Yeah. And then it's twelve dollars a year after that. Yeah. So I think it's so interesting to think that there is a random thing that's put onto a very popular, you know, cartoon and that drives up prices for a ridiculous website. Well, the website is owned by the TV company. We even talk about it in the in the Sins video. They own that okay. that website. But so they if they're have selling it, for it they, sale. You know, maybe they're selling it now. I don't know. Yeah, but, it, no, it's for sale. And like if you go to any of the ones and you type in Fake Dory, like you can buy it for four thousand dollars. At least as of the recording of this podcast. I think the only one we haven't mentioned that I had written down was I liked the the uh, I guess in their world Gaspar No finds a way to push the envelope. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that is um, funny. But we yeah, but I had the jelly on top of the peanut butter down. We already talked That's about so funny. That. Good episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll keep doing them. Uh, speaking of uh, shows, we'll probably keep doing episodes of. But not. Um, what? No. Why not? I don't want to. Let's talk about <laughs> The Office. No. Today, yeah, you hate this show. Oh, it's it's weird. Cringe. You're just not a fan of cringe humor in any form. I'm not either. I don't think I am. Yeah. I think I'm learning that about myself. But how was Rick and Morty not cringe humor? It, it is. Rick and Morty is cringe humor. But then I think it's because it's a cartoon or because it's just a different. I don't know. Like, I it's s- a different. I will say this about The Office, though, because this is still the first season, right? This is the second episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is episode um, number two. Yeah. It does get the cringe versus humor balances out. Starting in the second season. That is what a many, many, many people in the comment yeah, section. The first season is just like, whoa. So many people. And I, as I've been well, going through the comments, they're like, you know, if you can make it through the first season, it gets better. And it I, does. It really turns and, into a really great sitcom. And my husband and the first loves season's the show. weird, too, because they're, if I remember correctly, they're basically just remaking the, the episodes from the, the British version. Okay. And so I think it's kind of weird on a couple levels. Like, it's like a copy of a copy, and it's mm-hmm. super yeah. cringy. And, and the British version. Version is super cringy. Like right, that's right, the whole right. point it of the, is. the British version. It is. Well, and then you know, people in the comments are like, you know, you guys need to just like stop being so sensitive and and things like that. <laughs> and do we, we get I, called I think, a name? Did we get called the uh, the? Uh, oh, uh, social justice warrior. Yeah, SJW. Do we call, get called an SJW? No. Oh, okay. No. I don't. At least not that I saw. Maybe we did. I don't know. But I just thought it was interesting because there's people that were like, get through this one, and then it gets a little bit easier. And then there's yeah. people that are like, you are way too sensitive, and the sins that you have are like, that's don't watch the British version if this is triggering you because it's really like I've, I've seen the British version. I think the British version is actually a little better, and it is it is cringy, but um, but it 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 finds a balance that this first season doesn't. Well, especially this episode is. Yeah, I mean, this, this episode's just not funny. I'm well, sorry. it's it's that's racist. The episode, you know, like it's here's here's what i so i think i could probably i mean maybe get into the show my husband loves this show and so whenever he heard the music playing he came across the room he's like are you watching the office oh that's exciting what episode is it oh in this episode blah 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 happens he's one of those guys so he knows everything i i I related deeply uh to you when you you were talking about how he subtly offers Oh, hints yes. at possible sins. Uh-huh. Jen does the same thing. It's cute. I if, love it. I love it too. Yeah. I, and, and actually, sometimes I will use those. I'll you know Here, twist them around or whatever. And it's here's just, what I don't like about the office for for sinning purposes. It's all in a freaking office. There's not like you have to find ways to sin either the relationships or the like. There's just you have there's something that, more that has to happen beyond just what's happening in the in that space, which means I suddenly have to become an office expert. And I don't want to like I don't <laughs> want to understand the complexities of this relationship or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So thank God for fan sites and for blog posts and for a husband that I can ask 
super random questions and thank god he knows because that you know that kind of comes in handy so as i was watching this video to talk about today because i didn't write on diversity day well i haven't even said office diversity day was a dicer watkins joint so jonathan and i wrote on this i was having triggers of of sending it myself for upcoming episodes and i was like oh no i i had kind of hoped that it would just disappear and it's sort of funny too because it starts off with the twilight zone you know intro which tells you where we thought that it was going to be released was after yeah. Twilight Zone. So, um, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, this one. Yes, yeah, so I think somebody <laughs> in one of the comments said, uh, I think TV Sins needs a continuity department. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> we got to switch stuff around. Got to switch stuff around sometimes. Um, but anyways, I mean, it's OK. It's just not my it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, it's not my favorite show. I don't I don't think I like it as much as like people that are huge fans of it, but it yeah. definitely has really funny episodes and it's got a lot of really interesting characters and it's got a lot of really good comedic actors, it uh, is, especially people that show up later. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I even like season one, even though it's uh, a little cringy. I think I think it's hard. I think I think its heart is in the right place. Like even in that first season um, and, and we do sin the fact that it, it almost like some of the heart stuff almost doesn't work because of how cringy it is like because Mm -hmm. these people become almost enablers as opposed to what the show is showing us which is they're trying to be you know friends and so kind of you know like balancing that and figuring that out but um but yeah no i I enjoy the show my wife loves it it's i think it's her favorite sitcom of all time wow yeah yeah she's she's watching them all again right now she just that's what she does in her downtime as she watch episodes of the office so does justin our spouses should hang out watching it all the way through for the first time when i can you're watching it all the way through right the whole thing i'm trying to yeah wow yeah i I find that to be very impressive i'm trying to immediately forget (laughs) what about the uh the video itself what do you guys think um, Barrett kind of weighed in cause he, uh, I think he was shadowing on yeah, this he shadowed one on it. Yep. and he said that he kept coming back to the fact that Michael would have been fired on the spot if he did what he did in the staff meeting. Yeah, um, totally. that kind of stuff is really the only stuff that takes me out of this show. So I think he was kind of saying like a lot of times maybe he can enjoy the show, but then there's these yeah. moments that happen, the really uncomfortable racist moment that he's like, I can't, I'm out, yeah. you know, and, and you will hear people say, well, maybe not. There are obviously horrible bosses who do say stuff like that, but, but not. In front of the administration the could, and the person yeah. who could end up, you know, firing you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah, it just well, takes and there's a, a whole there's a whole underlying thread. I mean, there's a whole underlying storyline. I believe it's most of the it might even go into the second season. I can't remember now where they might be closing a branch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're kind of sitting there thinking like, well, if that's the case, then wouldn't this be a pretty easy decision? Yeah. If you've got like this, I mean, or at least getting rid of him. Yeah. You would think, I mean, if it was a situation where they didn't have a choice, that would be one thing. But I mean, they, they kind of work into the the storyline. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It is. Yeah. That's, that kind of stuff drives me nuts. And it reminded me whenever I was watching it, that it kind of drives me. I've worked in an office environment before multiple. Oh, I have to. Where, you know, you do have to deal with really uncomfortable personalities and so i do relate to that i do kind of find that entertaining to kind of go yeah i oh yeah this person i totally had that but then to see like the shenanigans that happen amongst the the them as they try to find friendships and all that 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 part i can kind of get behind um i liked matthew's comment matthew west i i don't know if he's the christian artist but matthew (laughs) west said that this whole episode is one giant that's racist sin Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's Mm -hmm. so true that is how i was feeling the entire time watching this one like that's just the whole thing yeah Uh, i like the phone hanging up one too a lot which one was that the the rant about the phone being hung up like 
that they wouldn't have a dial tone like what's happening oh, yeah. in this? was this that was this the time where you know how when you hang up phones in, yeah. in movies the person still listening will hear a dial tone yeah but in this case they actually hang up the clicker yeah so there's there would there be, would be no di- there'd be nothing there yeah like it's yeah it, you would literally hear silence it's like doubling down on the s- stupid dial tones in you know uh, am I, most... I think I even remember Barrett making a comment about that because that's a, I mean, we've used that type. We've we used a variation on that. I mean, that's been going on since CinemaSins early days. Yeah. Because uh, that happens a lot in movies and, and whatnot. And I remember Barrett saying, oh, that's a good one to be able to come back to because that yeah. was like a perfect moment for that. An oldie but a goldie. Yeah. yeah. My... But again, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole nother level of, that's what I'm, yeah, how is he hearing yeah. anything? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite one was the Jim being able to stand up right now. When he goes, oh, come on. Yeah, I had that written down. <laughs> yeah. And that one got yeah, a lot of good. love in the comments, too. Overall, yeah. really good one, though. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, head on to Music Video Sins. Katy Perry, Cozy Little Christmas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say woof? <laughs> I just said bluff. Oh, I thought you said woof. <laughs> I, man, I, I, don't, I don't like Christmas songs very much. I, like, I actually like Christmas. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the holidays. Just don't like people singing about the things you like. I've just never been a huge fan, especially of like the pop songs. I've just never been a huge fan. Well, Jonathan, all I want for Christmas is you. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my wife's favorite songs. That's because it's so great. Uh, That would be one of the better ones. Danae, what's your feeling on Christmas music? Oh, um, it happens all the time. Yes. Every year. Just there it is again. Danae strikes me as somebody who does not like Christmas. <sighs> I'm such a Scrooge. <laughs> um, oh, can I tell you something really quick, by the way? I should have. Yeah. Uh, this made me think of it because we're talking about Christmas. but um, And I, I don't know if we have younger listeners occasionally, but my daughter, I just found out last night, figured out Santa Claus. And um, it was kind of sad. Figured I out that he's let's real? Just, let's just, let, yeah, let's just say this. Uh, parents, you know your, your situation as you're listening to this. Uh, you might yeah. want to skip ahead. Yeah. Also, why are you letting your kids listen to our well, show? Well, that's why I said figure <laughs> out Santa Claus. That's yeah. all I said. Yeah. Well, no, because I want to talk about it. So you I'm do? just I'm just saying skip ahead a few a few minutes. All right. I have Santa questions. rant incoming. <laughs> Prepare Ranta. yourself, everybody. Time for a little Ranta Claus. Two. One. Um, no, no, no. I'm not. I, no, I, I don't have a Ranta Claus. Oh, okay. uh, I, I just wanted to hear uh, Jonathan's story. Like, so what happened? How do you feel about it? What has been your practice with her before? This um, is a huge I thing mean, for we've parents. Always, we've always let her let her believe it. Um, we've never we've never uh, dissuaded that. Now, come to find out, she's probably known a little longer than we thought. Um, I think it was uh, people at school told her was essentially what happened. Mm. And then she just kind of figured it out on her own. I mean, she's smart. Um, uh, but I think there for at least a year or two, she just still wanted to believe. But then finally last night, she just decided to admit to us that she and she was cool with it. I think I was more sad than she was. <laughs> <laughs> OK, because I just got this question in my Twitter DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to read this to you guys and I'm, I want to know how you would respond. Uh, it says, hi, Aaron, I have a question for you. Not a movie or pop culture question, but a parenting one. The kind I would ask Mr. Rogers if I had access to his Twitter DMs. <laughs> Wow. I hope you don't find this weird or crossing a boundary. That certainly isn't my intent. I've come to see you as a friend whom I haven't gotten to meet in person. Uh, Sin Week 2021 is a goal. Anyway, here's the question. Santa, I know you've got four boys to adolescence and that's no small feat. How did you and your wife deal with the Santa discussion? I've got 10 and 7 year old boys and they are in this weird place of wanting to believe but really knowing that something is off. We've never used Santa as a threat in our house. We have always said Santa only wants you to do your best, but he knows you're a child and a human. Mm -hmm. And so you aren't always well behaved. 
They love the cookie ritual and the letter writing ritual. Mm-hmm. They also are aware, well aware that the Santas we see out in the world are people dressed up. They're excited to keep up the magic for the small children at their dad's office party this year. I've got the oldest children in my friend group, so I don't have anyone to ask. Any suggestions? Oh. I love that he said, was it he? I'm sorry. She. She. I love that she said they never use Santa as a threat, though, because we did that, too. Like, yeah. we definitely made a point to not do that. The evil Santa? Or just well, saying just like you better be good or you won't get any price. Santa won't bring any gifts. We never. Danae is giving a, a, a look of gleam in her eye. Shut up. Like, no, you got this look. You got this glint of joy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use yeah. It for make them behave. <laughs> use it for punishment. Oh, that's oh funny. Um, and we did Elf on the Shelf, too, up until I guess wow. we're not doing it this year now because no. she doesn't. So Iris is, Iris is aging. It's true. She's getting older. She speaks. She understands conversations. Yeah. She, you know, she's seeing what, Santa she, on the television. So what? What, what you Santa guys are right in it. Like this is the time that you guys get to figure out and decide how you're approaching this thing. Yeah, I'm realizing I probably need to ask Justin. So what you guys haven't had the conversation because he is the one in our family who is really in love with Christmas. He loves mm-hmm. the holiday season. He wants to decorate and get the tree out and everything. And I'm just like, can I just take a nap? You know, like it's just a regular day or whatever. And then all of a sudden it sneaks up at the end and I forget that people need presents or whatever. And then right. I run to the store and I'm like, here, have this, you know, <laughs> post-it notepad and this cool new pen that I definitely didn't get you at Office Depot Christmas, yesterday. <laughs> Christmas present. You love office supplies. Um, So yeah, I think I'm transitioning as an adult into thinking about what it means to maybe other people and how to join in in the, again, spoiler alert, lie that santa is a a thing Mm -hmm. my instinct is just to be truthful but i also want to make sure like that my kid isn't the one that's going to school being like santa's a lie my mom my mom said santa was invented by (laughs) hallmark i don't know i I don't know what i would say lying but i I mean because i'm i mean we i don't know but, here's, here's the but, thing here's no, but no judgment as no but judgment. as you're talking like when you're reading her message and kind of like i'm like oh there there is this magicalness to mm-hmm. santa that kind of becomes that first go with me here <laughs> it becomes the first letdown of your youth mm-hmm. when you yeah. realize that it's all a facade and i think maybe that's not a bad thing to experience is like realizing that something that you were really excited about kind of isn't true or whatever there are certainly there's not that's not necessarily a bad thing to go through so maybe there's like a middle ground i don't know yes i got the impression that my daughter too though even though she was i think she's a little disappointed that it isn't real and why wouldn't you be right but But, she also i think was kind of excited that she knew mm -hmm. yeah okay so in on the like she's in on the universal joke aaron what do you got to say i i will tell you our approach with no judgment and then i will tell you a story uh, our approach has always been to answer every question our children ask us honestly. We don't set out to, you know... Mom, Dad, how much do you have in the bank account ru- right now? Ruin, but here's the thing. But honestly doesn't mean necessarily being aggressive or cruel about it or anything like that. So mm-hmm. our kids never believed in Santa Claus because as soon as they would ask us, we'd have a conversation about it and say, here's the yeah. beauty of the season. Here's, like here's what it represents. Yeah. Here's, here's, it was an actual person that, that, you know, that would give to people in need. And that's a beautiful thing to honor. You can be Santa. Saint, Saint Nicholas was a real human being that you did can some be cool Santa. stuff. Um, yeah, that kind of thing, right? So it's kind of being honest, but in a way that honors the the joy of the tradition and, and those kind of things. 
Um, but that's just been our approach is we don't want a situation later in life where our kids can look at us and go, you specifically lied to me about this and you know, whatever. And there are horror stories of parents who don't handle it exactly perfectly Mm -hmm. where it really does. Their children are like, you know, they pushed it too far and their children are like, I don't know what to believe about anything you taught me when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. There are those occasional horror stories. I don't think that's normal. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the way it's approached. Uh, having said all that, here's my story. Uh, I will never forget, uh, that one of my boys was interacting with other children, uh, about the Santa Claus thing. And, um, we found out that he was telling the truth and we were sad that he was kind of ruining. And we had talked to them and he just maybe had forgotten, you know, not to do that or whatever. Everybody's in on the joke. Right. Everybody's in on the secret. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's not your place to ruin it for somebody else. This is a nationwide thing. This is a a worldwide. (laughs) But uh, you know how you talk, you, you talk Jonathan about, uh, she was excited to know. I think it probably came from that. He was excited that he knew the truth. Right. And and that he wanted to, you know, tell the truth or whatever. No. So it wasn't so much that he told, but we found out how he told. So they're talking about Santa Claus down there. The kids are like, you know, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 guys. Santa's dead. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. it was an actual person. <laughs> a long time ago. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like, guys, you don't understand. Santa's dead, man. Like, so you've got people thinking you got kids thinking either a that he's just dead and so he doesn't exist right or B, yeah there's like a freaking oh, ghost no. yeah yeah aaron you're gonna have to put in the show notes like the spoiler section for santa and then yeah. say if you want to skip through start at this timestamp. yeah i will say when it comes to christmas though i got pretty irritated with the whole christmas season but once i had my daughter i just it like a light switch just like went on that's so cool and i've loved it ever since because just living it through her eyes and through her enjoyment of it has just been a blast oh stop it it's like um it's like i don't mind like when people talk about having to take their kids to to shitty kids movies i don't care because i'm in you know she's enjoying it right so yeah like, Jonathan, that's, that's so sweet. I'm kind of enjoying it in a weird way because it's just seeing her fall in love with movies and yeah, yeah, different, and different things in life, books or whatever it is. Um, I think that's part of the fun of being a parent. Well, that was a that was a fun conversation. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, I feel like you know, you said Jonathan, like your lights coming on. I feel like mine is sort of like maybe the wires aren't quite. 100% wired You're correctly f- and they're flickering a little bit like the light switch is on but it's still like going <laughs> and so but I love that this I love this conversation because it reminds me even as we go into this holiday season I do need to talk to Justin and find out what he feels but it is kind of fun to find those traditions and as you're talking about Santa being a real person being Saint Nick mm-hmm. I thought if I if we do end up kind of being honest with her we might start a tradition of like we can all be Santa to a kid and really try to I like the giving part of the holidays. Yes. I don't like the com- the consumerism part of the holidays. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so um, this conversation just reminds me, like, I want to make sure that in our family, we kind of remember what we can make it about instead of getting lost in all and of I, the I the just stuff. find that once, like, fall starts, like, once the holiday seasons kind of start, I just think in general, more people are... I don't know. People just seem to be in better spirits in general. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. The holiday spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I huge recommend for you and your family uh, this Christmas uh, on Netflix. uh, 
uh, Klaus or Claus. Yeah, I'm um, still gonna watch that. It, it's a new animated film from Netflix, and it's one of the best Christmas movie, new Christmas movies I've seen in a long time. Cool. Um, and it is exactly about like what G, you're talking like about. Like a G kid thing, like mm-hmm. Iris would like it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I think so. Um, I mean, there may be a couple parts that are frightening, but I mean, well, no she's more frightening really, than... she's really getting into the snow monster from Frozen yeah. One. She's yeah. drawing his face and she's like, here comes mommy. Oh, he's <laughs> mad. And then she'll be like, like he screams, don't come back at one point in time. And she'll like but I say think it's, it, so. it. It honors the spirit of the uh, person that Santa Claus is, is based cool. on in I a like really it. cool way. So um, I would definitely recommend that. Anyway, Too Katie- bad we don't have like a section of the show where you could have recommended that. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> uh, so that was Katy Perry. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Katy Perry Throws video. Little Christmas. <laughs> Moving on to... <laughs> Cinema sense. You guys like this song? Uh, it, it, it's it's I don't know. It's forgettable. It's just yeah. it's the same as every other you know shot at a you know Christmas classic. It sounds I don't know. Maybe it'll catch on. Maybe it won't. You, but you didn't think it was creepy that she was potentially having sexual relations? Nah, with I thought Santa. it was goofy. I, don't I just thought think it was goofy. It's potential. I think she oh, yeah, absolutely was. Up. And every single one of the animated characters was their children. Barrett uh, said that there was a lot of stuff going on during the writing of this script. It was all just kind of all happened really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to give major props to the Maiden team, uh, give them a lot of credit for how uh, quickly that they worked to kind of make sure that this video actually got out. I mean, the video was ridiculous. Um, he also said also like, you know how he's kind of writing about the process. And then he goes, also, we had to blur the top of Katie's butt crack just in I case. I saw that. <laughs> so that was a funny was little like, side note. Wait, is her crack blurred? <laughs> I wish I had a blur walking around with me every day. Like, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, all right. I think we can move on. Although I will it. say I was glad reindeer massage was the, uh, the sentence. Cause as soon as I saw those reindeers giving that massage, everything in me wanted to run away. Can you imagine the hooves on the you? Hooves? <laughs> All right. Let's I'm, I'm sorry. You're saying you're, uh, I was um, there was a reindeer massaging her. I didn't uh, catch yes. that. I was too busy. I'm just kidding. No, yes, <laughs> there was. Uh, Cinema Sins videos uh, for the week included Toy Story 4. This was a Dicer Hughes script. Uh, I assume we've all seen it. So what are your yes. thoughts on the movie in general? Jonathan, we'll start with you. Um, we actually talked about this a little bit on behind. I think was it our first behind the sins episode where this was your beyond the sins? Oh, it was, was it? I don't remember it was that. one of them, but, um, I just, I somewhat remember that, but, um, no, I, I've now watched it twice. I saw it in the theater and I watched it again before, uh, watching this video and, uh, with my, with my daughter and, um, I feel the exact same. It's one of those weird movies where I feel the exact same after watching it twice, but, um, I think it's fine. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near the 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 brilliance of the first three or like top to mm. middle tier Pixar, but I think it's it's good. So I didn't see Toy Story two or three, so right. I went straight from one to four. Yeah. So I'm missing any kind of emotional connection that anyone has with any character. When, when did you see one though? When it came out, okay. <laughs> and I haven't watched it since really. So, um, but I did I did see some. Um, what I did to prepare for watching this one and sending it is I went and I watched the sins videos for one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took note of how many um, how many seconds of logos was in each of them so that I can create that combined logo mm-hmm. sin. Yeah. And so I got to see from those videos how the animation had been progressing. Sure, yeah. And it was really interesting to kind of watch how I love 
the first Toy Story. Mm -hmm. And and then Mm -hmm. I ended up watching it with Iris the next week. I just put it up on the TV and she was really enjoying it, of course, because it's huge, you know, Mm -hmm. toys and stuff. And I think the animation still holds up really, really well, even though it's so old and it's so clunky and chunky and yeah. and lacks you know rendering and shadows did you watch it it's on still disney my plus? favorite of did the of the series did you watch it on disney plus yeah okay so those are the 4k restored versions oh, interesting. Uh, which is probably why it looks so great it looked great um yeah i mean it was still like i said chunky oh yeah it's, it's the original animation they've just cleaned it up uh, made it, you know, mm-hmm. so much uh, more higher resolution. Yeah. So, but I, I, um, I also read just real quick, like uh, story recaps from the movies, so I could kind of get a general idea of mm-hmm. where we were starting. Because you know, obviously, I, I missed stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it kind of stands alone too. You sort of just they kind of bring you up to speed essentially at the beginning. So I kind of was like, okay, I just skipped over whatever happened in the I other think two. We, we even send the you know kind of the previously on didn't, didn't we Toy already story. do this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there was that kind of. Um, for, I just think the animation on this is just amazing. It, it's it, incredible. It blows my mind. There's so much. Like if you're looking at the first one, uh, the room has got like a few things in it mm-hmm. and the the floor is just a flat floor and if you're watching this one and they're in an antique shop where everything you zoom in on on 4k is in perfect clarity and that there's cat, just man i can't get over that cat it was just it was really impressive and i think that was almost what stood out to me in this one more than the story itself i think the story is supposed to be about you know woody um kind of letting go of his purpose as a toy and kind of coming into his own person and sort of taking control of his own future and choosing to do something not for a child. And that's really emotional. Especially especially if you're at my stage of life, because this is a movie about what it means to empty nest. This is this is the Toy Story movies have been this incredible journey of of parenting in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. the, the first one is kind of about the the joy, remembering the joy of being a child. The, the you know, the second one is, you know, about uh, the responsibility of bringing somebody along. The third one is about what it means to be family, like what it means to live life together. And then this fourth one is about what it means to kind of say goodbye and be alone again um, or not alone, but in a different stage of your life. Yeah. And well, his identity was so tied into taking care of a child and now right. he's finding this new identity I, I do feel like and this is part of one of the things why i think this one is just fine for me i do feel like this this was still kind of covered in the third one hmm. i think it's different enough for me um i mean they all have a it's, lot of the same themes yeah i mean it's per, it's perfectly fine like there's it, it's not a bad movie i don't want no, to come across no i didn't it, it, no i know but i just for some reason i just I don't know. It's it's a little more forgettable for me, I guess, than the other ones. And and I, I felt like they were kind of reiterating a lot of the things they had just done before. And uh, that was kind of the beauty of the first three for me was that they, you know, uh, it felt, I guess, a little more organic. But um, but yeah, but I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I, I if it's not obvious, I I love it. I love this movie. I love well, the series. Mr. Um, I totally I totally admit my biases. Uh, and Nothing wrong with that for me. I I don't even know how to handle these movies as yeah. far as like ranking them and putting it like I just think they're all four superior works of art. Um, if I, I was forced, I think I they've gotten just microscopically better each time. Um, I think I would have four as my favorite right now and three is my wow. second favorite. Um, but again, just bear like I mean, they're all just 
So I think I would actually go in order. Yeah. I think I would go one, two, three, four. Because I recently rewatched two. I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah. And um, I think really I actually like that one a little more than three. Yeah, it's really so. good. I, I was having just recently watched one and then I've got a, like this little kid. I, I realized that I was kind of skipping. I skipped over some of the stuff that was like this intense, like scary dolls and blowing up dolls and torture. There's like a lot of torture in that one. I, and I kind of forgot about that. Don't old yeller your kid. Like, no, no, no. Mom did. We, we, we watched a <laughs> well, little. Well, you have to understand, too. I mean, she's not seeing things the way you are. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. like I said, my daughter was in love with um, animated movies that actually creep her out now. But when no, she I was kn- like three or four, they didn't at all. And now yeah. she watches and she's like, oh, I, I, I can't believe I like that. That's scary. My <laughs> kid's also somebody who watched 25 seconds of WWE and choked a kid out the next day. <laughs> so I don't want to walk into her room and she's waterboarding her ball, her dolls. You know what Where's I mean? The, I don't remember she the waterboarding scene. WWE. I will, I will give you that one. But I'm talking about animated movies. <laughs> Did I totally miss the waterboarding scene? In Toy Story. <laughs> I just totally missed that. Anyway, for for Toy Story Four, I had a good time watching it. Good. I I um I I think this one was easy for me to sin, which I love. I love it when that happens. That I was able to kind of find my groove in this one. I really enjoyed the stuffed animals from the fair. You know that are kind of tied mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and their personalities, and then like was that these... the key and peel. Yeah. Oh, is that okay, who it was? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, the just the way that they delivered their lines, like you could tell. I don't know that they were like best friends, which now makes total sense because they were riffing off of each other really, really well. But then also like the moment when the the uh, the sheep turns around has three heads and one goes no 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 like i that got me i thought that was so great but but particularly and we didn't do a lot of i don't think we did any sins on this one i think i wrote some stuff but momentum and script is really important and i'm sure it got cut for perfect reasons but we didn't go into their like uh other world oh, you know so great but those moments were so funny because Where they're trying to figure out how to get the key like in, in like murder people uh-huh, and stuff. yeah i don't i found that to be quite hilarious they in follow fact, her home and she's got wine in the bathtub you and- know what i think every sin i wrote in my script that i submitted was jeremy giving sins back for how like how horribly wrong it was you know like playing on the part of the narrator giving sins back to a movie because something is kind of dark and twisted mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than it being like a oh this animation i mean we gave a sin back for the animation changes and mm-hmm. just how far they've come we gave a sin back i think for the wally b reference mm-hmm. which i'll talk about in keeping tabs but then um i think when i wrote the script everyone that i wrote was something like like how funny it was just the idea that this uh, the narrator is just this dark humor like laughing like a maniacal evil man in the background that this kids movie the thing that he loves about it is these murderous plush toys <laughs> i thought that would have been really really funny and maybe we, i don't remember the, i don't think we actually did that though. no no i don't think we yeah. cut that in because you you cut that because you, you don't like me i'm kidding i was a joke i think you're swell danae <laughs> it was a joke i think you're swell um all right let's talk about the uh the video itself uh jonathan since you didn't write on it what are some of the things that first uh, off is um is it of your opinion since we were talking about creepy sex and the Katy perry video are um are woody and bo peep boning (laughs) like is that is that a thing i don't think i don't know you know what i think we are supposed to assume the toy world that they've presented to us is sexless. I don't think that you can't sexual... sell that to Polly Pocket and He Man. I know, right? That what that's why that stood out so much. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> by oh the my way, God, I totally forgot about that until you just said it. By the way, it's not Polly Pocket. Oh, whatever it's it was. Giggles. I don't care. Um, See, I hope it's not Polly Pocket. That'd be creepy. There was um, one time we were talking about like, was it a was it a joke? Was it something in in pop culture? I cannot remember. All I remember is talking about if like a small creature, let's say a mouse. And like a like a giraffe had sex, it would uh-huh. just be running miles and miles back and forth. Is that like a joke? <laughs> yes, that is a joke. Okay, I don't remember the joke, but I remember when like when someone told me that just a visual of you know this sort of like poor uh-huh. mouse, right? Like yeah. having to run. Now I'm gonna give a kiss, and I'm gonna do something else, and yeah. then it's just like all this stuff. That's giggles and he man. It's giggles and he man, man. That's all I could think about. Nice. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, though, um, I like that you guys brought up Andy never questioning, like, finding Woody in yeah, weird places. Thank you. Right? Like, this must have been happening his entire life. Yeah. This is a poltergeist moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, um, he never questions the Woody. And you guys also called out the the stuff at the end about them. Like, the, the whole thing, one thing that did take me out of the movie was them uh, forcing the dad to, like, drive yeah. to the carnival. Um, and which I thought was interesting because so many people gave Finding Dory crap for the whole sequence yeah. at the end where the squid is driving the truck. Right. <laughs> but like, at least that was like, I could at least see kind of how they were trying to, attempting to do it. I couldn't figure out at all how the toys were able to get through to the dad. Yeah. To do any of this. Yeah, all they so could control that was, really was the good that you guys called it out the brake pedal. Like, you know, why did he eventually steer that direction? How? Because like, the, the directions they were telling him the directions to go. Yeah, but he stopped following those. But yeah, at some point you're just like no. And then also, if they're messing with the brakes and the gas, and you look down and there's toys underneath your pedals, you take the toy out and you chuck it in the back of the yeah. vehicle yeah. and you take back control of your car. Yeah. It also I it, got the impression the adults couldn't hear the toys. Like, well, I guess the kids can't either. But well, no, right, they can. They can right there from toys story one i think toy story one tries to make clear the rules of the universe are that if the toys want to be heard they can be heard but they don't have to be heard yeah um so yeah that gives them a little bit of leeway yeah that's the i mean when you're trying to send the continuity of this whole world i mean it just falls apart so incredibly the rules of the universe make sense in some areas but when it comes to sentience they don't make sense at all nope um so one of my favorite sins was the one you wrote about the toilet paper Aaron, <laughs> yes, that one cracked me up. Uh, we, I get it. Oh, I didn't do that on purpose. Cracked you up. Um, I wrote something similar, and it was a maybe one of those where we both had kind of a similar yeah, approach. But I just love the idea of everybody having to think about their toilet paper having eyeballs and a soul. Listen, or something. Listen, it, what what sets it into motion is the fact that Forky remembers his purpose from before he was, you know, brought to life. Whatever. Yeah. You know, and if that's the case, every single object in our world is aware of its purpose. If it has eyeballs and has a name written on the shoe and has been loved by a person, I guess. No, that's just that's just when they that's just when they come to life. Yeah. What I'm saying about Forky is no, I know. Oh, okay. I get no, I get it. Okay. It's like once you bring it to life, then it has memories. Right. So if you took googly eyes and a sharpie to your toilet paper roll, it would be running after your butt, <laughs> <laughs> or just jumping into the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I need poop on me. It's my purpose. Wipe, 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 wipe. Which again, when we send it, but that doesn't make sense. Why Forky wants to be in the trash? I mean, yeah. you know, but it's just a fun. It's just yeah. like a, it's supposed to be fun, so. and it is fun. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. I enjoyed be some forky. Oh yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Anything else uh, from the video itself? I really like talking about. Um, we we did several sentient thing, but we did different angles on the sentients because there was one where they're in the antique, and I kind of I wrote the one about like the narrator going, okay, so now I'm thinking about sentients and like what makes it come to life, 
And then the one right after that is like, also, okay, so Mrs. Potato Head, if she takes off her eyeball and gives the eyeball mm-hmm. to someone else, is she looking out of somebody else's eyeball or does it like attune to her soul or whatever? Right. I was just that I spent way too long thinking about how that worked. And I'm glad that it kind of made it, you know, into the script. Yeah. Um, I also liked, Aaron, that you fought for the how's the peeping. I, and the, how's that the one, bow peeping? Yeah, that one made it yeah. in. I liked that too. Yeah. Um, guilt skip. I was yeah. really proud of that one because I felt like I did a little play on words. Yeah. Um, and also the editing, huge props to Jonathan on this one because this one we actually had multiple things we had to kind of go back in and like, uh, you know, when like you're right. I wrote a I wrote one about um, Bo Peep jumping up onto a shelf and it's just this impossible jump. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense physical in physics. But, uh, you know, to, to kind of get the visual perfectly right. So Jonathan could do that. And so, you know, that's up to the editor to figure out how to kind of move things around. And so congratulations, Jonathan. You did great on that one. Yeah. Good Thank job. You. So, but yeah, I liked it. It yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, let's move on to Men in Black International. It is Danae week at uh, in the Cinema <laughs> yeah, no Universe. Yeah. Atkinson Hughes. That's good, though. Danae Sometimes Chris you get them back to back. Yeah, it mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did we think of this movie? It's... It's really bad. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Okay, I think we're all in agreement. <laughs> Danae, did you did you not enjoy it either? I loved it. Did you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I I didn't see this in the theater, but since I was working on the edit, I was like, well, I'll go ahead and watch it just so I know what's going on because I think that helps you uh, if you're working on the sure, edit. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. It was it was like people talk about they can't make it through the Irishman because of the length. I couldn't make it through this. And what is this like an hour forty? Yeah. Yeah, I had to watch this like in three different sessions. Yeah, it's like, no joke. It's a mess. And you're working with such good people. It's just, I, you know, it just sometimes it doesn't work. I'm I'm realizing that it's harder for me to write on a script when I don't like it. It and and I know I, th- I think I've said that before, but it sounds then, counterintuitive, doesn't it? I you just don't want to watch it. And so then right. but you have to. And then it's just like this struggle of uh, then you just got to like Darth. You just got to or the Emperor says the use your anger. Like. That's I would true. say this one would have been a really hard one for me. It was it was hard for me. I mean, it yeah. took me. Let the I think anger... it's something's just insanely stupid or something <laughs> like it's just so, you know, it's so bad. It's good. Almost those are OK. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. Just let the anger flow through you, Dave. Yeah, I feel myself turning yeah, into Yeah, because you're it. just basically, at some point, like, you're just, like, writing fuck over and over, essentially, in your head. I'm going like, to do that script someday. <laughs> <laughs> Once I have confidence. <laughs> Actually, I should do that just to troll one of the A-team. Like, just, just ha- send them just one. Just send them one. It's <laughs> just a hundred of just, like, I hate this. I'm like, fuck and then, this. And then this. sin number 63 is, oh, that's kind of nice. And then the- <laughs> <laughs> With no explanation, no, no lead in. No, no lead in, yeah, no yeah. anything. This uh, is one of those movies where even feels like, I mean, I, I know, is this, was this F. Gary Gray? This just felt really like, it almost feels like, like I couldn't, like it felt like the filmmakers and the writers and stuff weren't even interested in what they were showing us. I know. And that, to me, and that came off. That's I actually, a hard movie to watch. And I wrote a sin about that right at the very, very beginning. It's like they're, uh, Liam and Chris are like walking in and, and they're talking about how it's like the worst alien invasion ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just two dudes in these tiny guns. And I'm like, but if, and they're acting really casual about it, sort of like they're talking about where they're going to go order pizza later on. It's just mm-hmm. so like, okay, so if you're not acting like this is a big deal and your organization isn't sending enough people that this is a big deal, then why am I supposed to think this is a big deal? And that's sort of like how the rest, the whole movie to me was 
I don't know. It, yeah. I did Are not you two fans it. of the original? Because I love the original. Yeah, I think the original is fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a bad time watching the original. No, in yeah. fact, we just, we, which one did we send? Did we send three recently? Yeah, I can't two. remember. Or was it two? Yeah, I think yeah. it was two. Um, I, I really actually like those three movies uh, conceptually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dig some stuff about them. You know, they have a lot of the same logic problems and they have a lot of the same, you know, issues that we can quote unquote sin, but yeah. I have a good time with them. This does, this is not, this is just, isn't a fun watch. No, I think, uh, and I'll, I'll read what, uh, Chris had to say about it. Cause I kind of liked what, you know, his, yeah. his take on it. He said that MIB international is one of those two late sequels that try to cash in on a well-known franchise name and think that if they can put some newish stars in it people will come to see it and this was an awful movie to send it was dispiriting seeing what amounts uh to a knockoff with a bunch of likable people in it the story was nonsense not fun i think possibly the worst thing was listening to and i'm going to say this name wrong is it kumal najani yeah, Kumail. Uh, that's, I think that's actually... Kumail Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Oh, there you go. Okay. Say so many unfunny things, and he's a funny guy. The effects are the usual, quote, this passes for CGI nowadays, eyesores. What a joyless experience this was to sin. <laughs> the challenge is to try to find a way to make our own fun video. And that really was it, was like, what is this video going to be? Right. And I'm still learning how to like create that script that kind of gives a feel of like, an, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a tone or something. So, yeah. you know, but this was, yeah, this was a really hard one. I really enjoyed the, uh, the scarring children run in, in this, in the script. <laughs> right. Like really fuck went, them up. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was like, they kept going back and zooming in on right, this horror. Right, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I thought that was hilarious. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Even though Aaron didn't write on this one, I thought it was great that there was that one set about them not sharing their transportation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. technology mm-hmm. that yeah, was Chris. Like, oh, that was that felt like almost that was written for Aaron. Thank you. There were a Thank lot. You. I really working with Chris is really fun. Working with anybody on the team is is really fun. But working with the A team <laughs> is a good team. Yeah, working with A team is because that's like the goal is try to acclimate and try to learn kind of the yeah. the big the big vibe of the of right. the, the feel of the. I think um, by A team you mean ball fondlers. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call them ball fondlers? Um, and working with oh, that's funny. and working directly with Chris is uh, there's been a couple of scripts where I've just learned a lot by reading his material, and this is one where he had a couple that just sort of was like, yeah, that's it. Like the one that he mm-hmm. wrote about um, uh, this this footage was pulled just outside side of the club and he's like actually no and then he like pulls up all the stuff this this right. is where it would have been blah 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 and i'm like ooh, dang he got you there you know <laughs> he showed receipts he showed receipts for that one <laughs> yeah um, i i uh, yeah it's 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 a good video to a bad movie which is you know it's, oh it's great um it's i fun. do have to mention the tessa thompson rebecca ferguson comparison sin was outstanding i wrote mm-hmm. that one and especially the way i Jeremy did not write that it. one <laughs> Just sorry, you kept talking, and I was like, I gotta tell you real quick before I go on. That was all. Oh, Chris. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. I just wanted to make sure that people didn't think that I actually know that stuff. That was super, Chris. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was really good. I mean, I'm guessing he did a little. I think he did some research, but maybe he knew that offhand. I don't know. <laughs> Let's pretend he did. Let's pretend he did. I loved when I read the script, and it was his joke about. Um, Oh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson was Sia all along. I died. Yeah. It was so funny with that wig on. It was so funny. Yeah. God, she's somebody else. I mean, oh, they waste so many people in this movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I don't even get the arm. Like they weren't even like really good with their alien designs. Like because that arm no, made that's, no sense. And that's so disappointing because the other movies had such fun, creative things. Yeah. In this movie, it was just like they they thought because the technology was better that that's what made it awesome. The technology and the effects aren't great in the first ones. It's the cleverness and the the ingenuity and no, they're, they're they're quote blue carbuncles. Yeah, which I loved that they did yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you meant you had to bring up the uh, the A team from uh, Rixty Minutes, and yeah. I know we've already gone there, but I did have to say because you brought it up, some of the single frame stuff in that, like the Tyrion as you know, oh oh oh, oh yeah, full size, like that's one frame. <laughs> On the TV show where you see that. I laughed for 10 minutes at one frame of video. Like, that period thing was amazing. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, that didn't happen for MIB. No. No, no, not no, at all. I don't, Although, I don't remember a single thing I laughed at, actually. I'll, yeah, I, I mean, I, did, I definitely... F- froze it a lot like looking around for you know different mm-hmm. different things there was that interesting moment in the car like where they pull all the different like uh you know guns out of the car when they're fighting the bad guys which in and of itself looks really cool it doesn't make a lot of sense um i wrote a sin that was cut about like how how does that car go through a car wash if everything is just mm-hmm. like easily detachable and then all of a sudden there's like these <laughs> weapons everywhere mm-hmm. um so, so at the beginning of the movie she you know is a test agent or mm-hmm. whatever and then everything is just like accidental nothing is on purpose she could have done all this in new york which you know chris points out and then what if she doesn't get to become an agent and all of her files are deleted it's like that doesn't make any sense and then like you're in the suit so you don't stand out and then they send her to Mar- like and then she goes to marrakesh where they do nothing but stand out in a suit right and then uh, everybody is okay because they're in a mib friendly zone and they don't have to worry about zapping anybody but as soon as they leave that zone they just start zapping people but how are they like how does any of that make sense no it, it just doesn't make any sense everything drives me nuts I'm glad you brought up Marrakesh, though, because that made me think of I love how some of these videos um, like because we do so much every week. And I love how stuff starts tying together in weird ways. But like once I saw the Marrakesh thing, all I could think of was Toby Kebbell from that Black Mirror episode mm-hmm. he had just done talking about Mr. Mr. Marrakesh. Yep. Oh, <laughs> it's amazing. It was annoying. Yeah. Um, there was also like Chris pointed out like this whole trinket handoff before somebody important dies. Like I didn't even realize how much that was a is, is that a trope? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, I'm learning words. It definitely mm-hmm. is trope cliche. You can call it any of those things. We also added a hundred sins for the dead remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a, a fan pointed out that we then fast forwarded later on, so the remote must have been working. <laughs> they they dinged us for that. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, 
Those are my dogs. Those are my... Uh, every time I, I talk... Wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels? When we're... Okay. We're going to try this. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, you guys ready to move on to keeping tabs? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah let's get this taste of MIB out of our mouth. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Let's take a look at a funny story from putting together last week's content. Does it have to be funny? Uh, no, you know what? It doesn't. I should quit saying funny. <laughs> okay. I should, yeah. Interesting. Is mine are not funny. You're putting <laughs> way too much pressure on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just say, let's just say story. We don't even give it an adjective. Uh, it can be a Google search, strange research, deleted sin, whatever you want to talk about. Um, I'll start off with this. Uh, I wrote on Ricksty Minutes, and this is a sin that got cut. So it's a deleted sin, but it also is a strange Google search I had to do. Uh, as you were talking about the poop eating scene, um, I said, uh, he says this poop is delicious. And I say, and purple, because it looked really purple on my screen. Apparently on Chris's screen, it didn't look as purple. So I think that's that's why we cut it. <laughs> uh, then I put, I just Googled, what does it mean if my poop is purple? <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, you either ate some beets recently or could die within the day from intestinal bleeding. God bless you, WebMD, for uh, mar- narrowing it down for me. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of a story. My brother is a vegan, right? And uh-huh. so he had like this one particular day, he had this beet heavy meal, and then mm-hmm. he had a beet smoothie later on in the mm-hmm. day. And his girlfriend wasn't used to like the vegan diet. So then like, the next day, they both had what would like blood red like diarrhea mm-hmm. and they both thought that they were dying and they both almost went to the emergency room yeah. until they realized that they had had just too many beats the previous yeah. day that's, that's hilarious thing. that's well, the sin i wrote yeah yeah and you would have like other issues like you would be in a lot of pain probably maybe I mean, it wouldn't just be it wouldn't just be oh you you know your crap was a different Listen. color I am never, I'm always going to err on the side of telling people, go get it checked out. Yeah. You know, like you just, For real. story. Yeah. For real. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. Definitely get it checked out if you're concerned. If your bowels are red or purple. I, I did some Googling on uh, poop color and uh, <laughs> you, amazing. you can you can actually get some really psychedelic colors with certain with certain diets like it's mm-hmm. it's fascinating, you know, what you the, can do um, to your excrement. The uh, assuming they still make it the same, the Superman ice cream at Baskin Robbins turns it blue. Oh, so nice. there's probably an Instagram like just for people like taking oh, pictures. Of their... <laughs> I do want to say that if you have anybody in your family who is like a physician or something, they've uh-huh. probably seen pictures of friends and family that just decide to take uncomfortable photos like hey should uh-huh. i be concerned and then it's like photos of like skin tags and weird stuff and uh-huh. poop my mom was a um a nurse for uh kids that were born too early like the neonatal intensive care mm-hmm. and she would get pictures of people that had like just vomited and they're like hey is this weird and they <laughs> they'd show her this stuff and she's like i don't know go to <laughs> go. on uh, on that note i will say None of y'all sent me pictures of your toes, so I stand by that nobody's toes look like that. Oh, who wants to send that? If they could do it anonymously, maybe they would. Who knows? 
So anyways, that's my keeping tabs. What do you got, Jonathan? Um, I only wrote on The Office, and I didn't really, like, research anything for that one other than, you know, like, I, I wasn't just going to, like, be researching racist people. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> what but is I racism? A, I did have a sin that we changed um, that I thought was kind of funny. Um, there's a part at the beginning where, uh, the, the guy that's giving the, um, that's giving the, um, like the, the, the speech about like the guy they bring in to, you know, try to fix everything. Mm -hmm. Um, he makes a comment. We believe that 99% of problems in the workplace are simply out of, arrive simply out of ignorance. And then the sin we ended up having in the video is the other 1% is leprechauns. Yeah. Um, I originally though wrote, um, the other one percent is women, <laughs> and I put, or so I hear. <laughs> and then I even wrote a note. I remember before because usually we don't put notes in the script, like right, you know, right, when right. we're sending it for the combine. <laughs> but I even put a note in there. I put if this is too on the nose and can be taken out of context, I'm good with changing it to <laughs> the other one percent is leprechauns. <laughs> I think it would then, have been and then I get fine. This, I get the combine back from Aaron, and it is leprechaun. No <laughs> That's longer right. women. Well, which we, is probably the good way to go. We all wrote something on that, um, which is interesting. I forget what my smart aleck commented about that was, but it, it's it was one of those it was one of those statements. You, you'll experience this the more you write. Is that yeah. you, somebody will say something like, "I don't know what the sin is, but I have to send something there." Like it's just there's too much possibility there for me it's not to pause door. yeah there's yeah. an open door there that i need to pause and, and write something season. yeah yeah it's <laughs> sin hunting season i've done that jonathan too where i've made like a a, a sexist joke and then afterwards done something where i'm like i'm kidding yeah. people that was a joke like let's move on sort of a thing yeah <laughs> like i just That's figured hilarious. i should have a backup and right and, uh, i <laughs> guess I'm... aaron appreciated it too because he used the backup so. <laughs> that's right but also leprechauns <laughs> but leprechauns <laughs> and that is funnier so what about you danae uh toy story there was this moment i happened to pause just as uh bo peep was climbing bo peep and woody are climbing up to to do this jump to try to get over to the cabinet to save forky from the creepy girl doll and um on the way up just like in every uh, antique store that if you've ever gone antiquing, every single nook and cranny has something in it that's interesting. And I just saw that there was this, I think it was like a plate, no, or a napkin maybe that said Wally B's on it. And I instantly knew that had to mean something, but I didn't know obviously what it meant. So I went to... This Pixar nut did. <laughs> did you? Oh, absolutely. That's so cool. There are so many Easter eggs in Toy Story 4. It is Easter egg the movie because that antique shop references almost every movie they've ever done. Oh, that's cool. Yep. It's crazy. I did not know that. Um, so Wally B is a 1984 of uh, an animated short film that was produced by the company The Graphics Group, which was actually a division of Lucasfilm at the time, but then it was later renamed to Pixar. Yep, that was the very first one. So this was the very first animated film by John Lasseter. Mm -hmm. uh, it was his first computer animated project within Lucasfilm, and the result of that was a successful project and others. And I, I'm reading this basically verbatim from Wikipedia. Yeah. So um, and also Wikipedia is still asking for your donation. <laughs> um, so, so was yeah. Wally named after him? That, I don't know. Maybe that, does that have anything to do with Wally B? I I'm, I can't say for certain. I always assumed okay. that, um, but I can't say for certain. Uh, the other one that immediately comes to mind, and again, they're all there, but the the uh, toy soldier that op that lets them into the antique room that has all the toys partying in it or whatever, oh, hanging yeah. out where they meet Kaboom. Uh -huh. um, that's from Tin Toy, which was like their third or fourth. Um, hmm. animated film that they ever did yeah there's a there's a lot of 
Van Antique Shop was fertile ground fertile for ground. Easter eggs. Well, what I liked about that one is, you know, Toy Story will always be the first, mm-hmm. uh, first, you know, major animated film. And so, and, and the the fact that it's supposedly the final Toy Story, uh, although, you know. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we, we talk about this a little bit in our uh, outtakes, outtakes later on. But, you know, if boatloads of money just show up, maybe they'll do a sh- offshoot. Who knows? But anyways, uh, it's just kind of cool to see, like, the very first project winked at inside of this franchise mm. that sort of started it all so. yeah it was toy story toy story was the first wide release cg yeah anime it was yes. the non-hand-drawn right yes yeah. yep yep and first, that's what yeah. really feature-length computer-generated film that's really what kind of made it stand apart and if you like i was saying earlier if you watch the first one or just clips from the first one and then you immediately jump into the fourth mm-hmm. one it is absolutely mind-blowing how much has how much advancement has been made in this area of art. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I gave a send-off during, I mean, there's so many moments we could have done send-offs because it's just really beautiful. But the rain was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Well, anyways. You know, you think of this We're might supposed be a, to be done talking about it now. I know. This might, this might be a fun topic uh, uh, at some point on some podcast. I don't know. But there are just a handful of films that you could truly say had a seismic change on filmmaking, you know, mm-hmm. like completely changed the industry. I think you could put the Avengers in that list. Uh, I think Citizen you, Kane for sure. I think you put Citizen Kane. That was another one I was going to mention. I think you put Citizen Kane Sorry. in that list. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I It's it's true. I and, haven't seen that one. And I think you could put Toy Story in that list. And beyond yeah. that, there may be a couple more, maybe, uh, you know, Jaws probably because I think that pretty mm-hmm. much changed yeah, the way I, th- I think that's that right. Created the blockbuster. It, it's kind of a Jaws Star Wars combo. Yeah. They were both there around the mid seventies. Yeah, kind of created that new summer blockbuster thing. But but you know, really, for Toy Story to be in that kind of company is not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not exaggerated. Uh, so yeah, it's that's a uh, that's a good point. Um, ready to head on to the comment section? Um, I have one more. Oh, go for it. Is go that for okay? It. No, yeah, of course. What's this You're for? Danae Hughes. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. I don't know. Is it funny, Danae? <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it? Uh, I wrote a sin from MIB that was, this movie has such a boner for Agent H. H is for hot, horny, hand job, herpes, what? <laughs> so I kind of enjoyed that one. But um, I found, as I was trying to think of H words that uh-huh. were sort of like sexualized H words. You did a Google search I, for... Uh, sexualized h words and i found a website called sex lexus oh yeah i've been there many times i, I haven't <laughs> um, i'm just kidding by the way oh, i'm sure nice. you're not um and that's where i was able to kind of find all kinds of words that start with h some of them i didn't know and some of them i didn't want Isn't to know it about. people have words for lots of things I, I just realized pretty quickly as I was writing it, just to keep it short and simple. And that's fine. Go live your life and do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but Sex Lexus is there for all of us. And, yeah. and I just thought that maybe this was the place to tell you about it. Yeah. And that's all I have for keeping tabs today. Very nice. Well, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. Let's each pick a comment or two if you're Danae to respond to from the week's videos. I have five. Oh, or five. Uh, we, <laughs> we'll also do some general feedback here as well. Um, yeah, what do you got in your comment section? Danae, since you've got five, why don't you throw a couple at us? Well, uh, since we have a Twitter now, I tweeted out that we're going to be covering today. And I got a question from Brady or comment slash question. So I thought I'd just throw it in here. Is that okay with you? All right. Now, this is fine. Mm-hmm. But what we should do in the future is just have you pick the feedback question. Because you are so connected to the fans, which I love, (laughs) and you've got the new Twitter handle. So what I'll do is I will give you the sign into the email as well. 
and you can pick a question for us each week. Oh, I see. This is a passive-aggressive way for you not to there's, do your job. There's not there's nothing passive about it. Fight! 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 <laughs> it's all aggressive. Uh, from Toy Story, from Sarah C., she says, I have a hunch that toys come alive when they have been completely assembled. This is really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And are touched by a human. New toys would be too scared to move around uh, humans because of instinct, but older toys could build up the courage if they wanted to. But mm. we are not going to talk about whether that skunk RV is a toy or not. If it is, that's messed up. <laughs> and that is so true. Right? Because the toy, it, it technically was a toy mm-hmm. because it was like a mobile thing, but it had been fashioned from like a skunk mm-hmm. plush toy, which right. is also supposed to be a thing. We know this is a thing. Sid put his toys, you know, multiple toys mm-hmm. together in Toy Story. But it doesn't appear to be alive. But it should be. Because she's talking about the uh, sheep driving it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what was that? Are they inside of a living thing? Are they not? Good points. Yes. But then also to her other points that she was making about whether toys come alive or not. um, Wasn't there a moment when they were inside of a toy store and and toys were talking before they had been touched by a human and when Mm -hmm. they were still in their packaging? Yeah, the buzz packaging. Yeah. So her, her her thoughts, I think, were pretty on to something. But at the same time, it doesn't hold up when you look at the Nothing whole does. franchise. Nothing does. The, the rules of sentience do not hold up in the Toy Story world. But good point, Sarah. Yes. And thanks for your comment. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got, Jonathan? Um, so I only had... Uh, I'll just do this one. Um, and I thought this was funny because I totally wrote this in, in the office script, uh, assuming there would be people uh, doing this while they were watching the video. But um, uh, R.S., on uh, YouTube said for the office episode, every office has one or two disgusting, non-health conscious people that eat at their desk. Me looks up from the lunch. I'm currently eating at my office desk. What? (laughs) And um, I used to like, when I had, when I was not doing this full time and I was at my uh, day job, I would obviously, I would listen to the podcast and watch the videos uh, while eating lunch at my desk. So um, I did slyly know there would be people doing that as I insulted them. So I was <laughs> quite excited you. about that. Well, you're talking to somebody who uh, licked their desk to prove a point that it wasn't all that unhygienic and then got sick <laughs> for six weeks. So very sick, very sick. So <laughs> never doing that. Thank don't, you. Don't lick your desk. Number one, number one. Number two, probably don't eat there either. No, nope. unless unless you put down that paper towel, as uh, as Jonathan has said. No, I mean you know sometimes you got to do what you got to do when you're in an office, but yeah, put yeah. paper towel down. Yeah. Also, don't eat your uh, your coworkers' pop tarts without asking. I no, learned, I learned that. But really, food in general. Yeah. No, just pop tarts. That's the only one that you're not allowed to eat. Uh, all right, that was actually one of mine. So I've got one other one that I will do, and then we'll just uh, leave it all to Danae after that. <laughs> uh, this comes to the to us from the Toy Story video from Dennis. Uh, says, I think she can't just talk when her string is pulled because her mouth would move, and that isn't a feature of that toy. Um, And again, as we've said before, the second you try to start figuring this stuff out, you're probably already in a downward uh, spiral. Mm -hmm. Woody talks to Sid in the the first one. Well, but he does that through his pull string. Yeah, but but he says the things he wants to say. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so does Buzz, it seems. Yeah. Or it and, was very convenient in this one. So it's just it's just hard to really think of all this stuff. And you got to know the writers. It's so brilliant. They're just like who cares anymore? <laughs> let's just make a let's just make a fun film. And why do we feel like uh, I mean it's Cuz we want to know if our toys are alive, Aaron. Listen, why do we feel like the, the the toys have to move their mouth 
to talk. It's not like they have an internal respiratory system that is pushing mm-hmm. air through a voice box. Like they are pla- like Woody is plastic all the way through. He has no throat. Well, he d- well, he what is- if he does and you don't know it. How you is Woody him? speaking? Like, how is he making noise? It has to be sight. It has to be psionic. Yeah. What is that? Uh, yeah. When you can like communicate with your brain. I'm just saying what whatever that is where you speak with your brain, that's what Woody is doing because he doesn't have a voice box anyway. So why would he have to move his lips? All right, Danae, back to you. What else you got? Um, I, the other comments I really loved were from the Men in Black. Whenever the 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 um, joke about like high T, low T, medium T, simmer T, like all that uh, stupid <laughs> alphabet naming system is one of the dumbest things ever invented for a movie. Yeah, I was really mm-hmm. proud of that one because I'm yeah. like this alphabetical nightmare. It's not working. But then there was this nice thread started by well, there's several of them, but this one was by Fath Renner. And then Manic and Lizard and Scientist Cat and Estor and Merrick and all these people kind of jumped in on it. But it was all these people kind of giving other tea ones, mm. which we really like when it happens and people jump in and sort of just like yeah. add to a joke. So there was Ice Tea, Mr. T, um, uh, Pepper Tea and MIT. <laughs> so I thought those were all really brilliant. So nice. Thanks, everybody, for for making our our jokes sing even more. Very appreciated. Also appreciated when you get in contact with us. Uh, you can hit us up uh, behind the sins pod at gmail.com. Behind the sins pod at gmail.com. Or our Twitter. Or Cinema Sins BTS. Cinema Sins BTS. Either way, hit us up with a question. Danae will pick one for the week and we <laughs> well, will answer it. You'll pick the one from email and I'll pick one from Twitter. We don't have time to add more. But you we don't do understand. One question a week. <laughs> what do we got, Danae? The one being tweeted was not questions, but like suggestions about wanting to have a segment where Danae recaps a movie that she hasn't seen. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, so that was from Aaron. And then Scott says it doesn't even have to be one that you send. Just pick a movie and have her guess what the plot is. Also, we need three or four times the amount of Aaron reading conversations with his kids (laughs) to make up for last week. We'll just we'll just count the Santa Claus story as my kids conversation for this week. That's not bad. That's not a bad idea. We'll get back into it next week. But I do want to hear you uh, explain to people what the movie Newsies is about. Okay, so Newsies is about news Mm -hmm. and the Z's part of it is kind of like an itis where you have like an inflammation of. So it's a story about the inflammation of news. Mm-hmm. I know that there's kids in it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like the spreading of chicken pox. Mm. It's the spreading of, of news. And then they sing about it because they're bored. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. <laughs> Aaron loves Newsies. I know. That's why I said that. I actually feel like I know more about Newsies because of your love of it. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I, I don't, don't know that I've seen. I uh, know I did see it. I get it in Swing Kids confused because they came out around the same time. Right. I, I love them both. So 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 there's this sure overlord. You sure you've got like a Robert Sean Leonard poster in your office. I do. There, there's an overlord who owns the news people, mm-hmm. the, the news stuff. And, and so and then he forces all the children to go out and sell newspapers. Mm-hmm. And um, when there's no news, he makes news because he's actually like a criminal on the side. Mm. And so one of the kids finds out. And so they are doing their investigation. And so it's this race against the clock to who whose news story gets posted in the newspaper the next day, because if they can get into the paper before the morning and they can get them all printed and out to the world, then everybody will know that the news guy is actually a bad guy. But then he's trying to get his news into the paper to sell news about the murders. Oh, that's what that is one's news about. He's the one with Christian Bale. Yeah. Is is Robert Sean Leonard in both of them, or is he just in Swing Kids? He's just in Swing Kids. I don't even know okay. what Swing Kids is. Swing Kids is the uh, sequel. 
<laughs> to Newsies. Um, once the evil overlord had been discovered and ousted, then this movie picks up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. it called Swing Kids? Playgrounds, obviously. <laughs> All right. There. Danae explains a movie she hasn't seen. Here's the question for this week. Hey, B-Team, two questions for you. Uh, I loved hearing Creasy on the podcast and was incredibly intrigued when he was talking about Jeremy's outtakes. Any chance those will be made public at some point? Uh, That's an easy answer. It is no. Not for any particular reason other than it's just, you know, it's it's a mess. <laughs> it would be it would be really interesting if that was somebody if somebody had the the mental resources and time to listen to his narrations yeah. and then find those moments whenever he has like a little mini rant or something yeah. and know what that was about and hold not, it back and then we could, you know, but that would take well, quite a bit of effort. And, we're not gonna and, release and a lot of it's raw. like internal stuff too. Yeah, like exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's just too much internal stuff. It's, you know, he it's I got I got to admit I'm kind of interested in it though. I think it'd be kind of fun to yeah. hear Jeremy, I apologize. It's not happening. You know, rant. No, no, I'm not saying yeah. it should. I'm saying it would be interesting. Yeah, at least my version. <laughs> Number two, what are some of the best and worst examples of shows where the pilot is radically different from the rest of the show? For me, I love the Constantine pilot and the rest of the show for that matter. But due to off-screen issues between the pilot and airtime, the pilot is totally useless and makes the rest of the show a giant hole of what could have been. I watched that show and I do not remember that. <laughs> did you guys have answers? Danae, did you come up with anything for this? Yeah, I really had to think about it. I, I had to go read some uh, blogs just to be kind of reminded, but Seinfeld came to mind because the pilot for mm-hmm. Seinfeld, it was, yeah. it wasn't Kramer, it was Kessler. Yeah, and Elaine wasn't in there. Elaine to be wasn't found. in there. Yeah. Um, although I think the general vibe of the show kind of continued. Um, the other one that I thought about was House. But that was more about visually. Like, I I will always, always have house pilots stand out as one of the most awkward pilots I've ever seen. Mm. Um, And I think I watched it years ago. And it's I think it's maybe even on the list of things to maybe do on TV since someday. I don't I don't. I don't know, but it's it's actually, oh, I asked you to do it once TV Sins launched. I wrote you a message. I was like, I'm going to join the rest of the millions of people saying, do this instead, because the entire pilot is bathed in an orange light. But the lighting guy was just, it was so off. Hmm. And so it looks like it's so orange and all the makeup is like not done well. So just they they kind of were just putting out like a, a true pilot to see if it would get picked up. Um, but I couldn't really speak to any of the other ones because a lot of the ones that were listed in the like the blogs that I was reading and stuff, yeah. it's like it, it never released to the public pilot. So you have to kind of like know where to find them. So when you go and you, you know, look at something, um, it's not going to be included on like your DVDs that you get or whatever you watch or whatever you yeah. stream. Um, it's like whatever was pitched to try to see if it get picked up. So I watched House. I don't remember that. That's interesting. But I mean, it's also been however many years since I've seen the pilot. So it's probably so, when it aired. It's so different because, it, it, you know, from <clears throat> from that uh, episode to the next one, they clearly got the lighting stuff figured out. But it's mm-hmm. and maybe it was my screen, but I've watched it twice. And I remember thinking it both times, like everything is just this yellow tone. I loved House. I love Hugh Laurie. I'm excited. I just saw he's coming back in some like Star Trekky kind of thing as like the captain of the ship. And really? It, yeah. It looks like basically a takeoff on his house character. Really? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. That it's was a, an interesting yeah, one. It's a, it's, oh, God. What is that? It's yeah. It's a comedy, right? It's yeah. on like Netflix or something. It's I, on a I streaming service. Yeah. It's. So that could be really interesting. Um, I didn't really have any. I, I thought of Seinfeld as well. New 
New Girl is kind of similar like that. New Girl's pilot mm-hmm. has a completely different character in it. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Then continues. Well, Damon well, Wayne's Jr. Yeah. plays him, right? And yeah, he exactly. came back, though, didn't he? He did. He came back into the show. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, it was interesting. Because, because he was also doing um, a really great show, which all of a sudden I cannot remember the name of it. Yeah, so uh, he couldn't make both work. Uh, 30 Rock yeah. is, is similar uh, as well. 30 Rock has a lot of problems with its pilot that they figured out pretty quickly. The one I want to mention, though, is Game of Thrones. Now, you may not think the Game of Thrones pilot is that much different than the rest. Well, that's because they reshot 90% of the Game of Thrones pilot. Um, They actually recast like three of the main actors. Like, can you imagine putting a pilot that expensive together and then being like, this is awful. It doesn't work. Recast these three roles and reshoot 90% of it. Like, was it a different creator, too? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, specifically, I feel like there was, or maybe maybe the two guys were still involved, but I feel like there was somebody else that was there that was like a bigger name. Here's my question: Is it available to watch somewhere? That would be fascinating. Well, that's to what watch. I was. That's what I was saying about some of the other pilots that I was reading. Is like, um, what was another one that was mentioned that I watched? Oh, it was uh, Liz Lemon. Uh, 30, you mentioned it. Yeah, 30, 30 Rock. 30 Rock, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think I was reading that that one had a pilot that wasn't like a released pilot. Right. Just to kind of give a general idea of what things mm-hmm. would be like, I do think that'd be fascinating yeah, to watch. I agree. Because it's got to feel like, uh, like a sketch yeah. or, you know. I had one, it's pretty obvious, especially for me, but uh, Star Trek, the original series, mm-hmm. uh, the original pilot was called The Cage. And it that's where uh, Captain Pike comes from, who they actually brought back for the the J.J. Abrams movies. Um, mm-hmm. um, I can't think of the actor's name, but the, uh, the the president of everything, who they we always make jokes is always the president. Oh, uh, yeah, plays him in the movies. But in the original pilot, um, he was the main captain, not Kirk. And Spock, I believe, was the only character that actually stayed in the series. Now. They kind of brought him back into the the mythos, and he has he has remained a character that is is in Trek lore. But um, that yeah. was the original pilot, and it's actually you're, really good. But um, I'm I'm definitely glad they they went the direction they went. You're talking about Bruce Greenwood, right? Bruce Greenwood played him in the in the J.J. Abrams movies, right? Yes. Nice. And you can still watch that. That that actually, I think it even comes with a lot of the season sets and stuff. I mean, that's very widely available. Um, but uh, it's it's really interesting interesting to go back and watch it well we appreciate your question uh if you'd like to ask a question uh you can send it to behind the sins pod at gmail.com danae will pick one out and uh aaron will pick one out of the email <laughs> i'll pick one off of twitter at cinemasins bts all right let's move on to our beyond the sins to infinity and beyond somewhere beyond my wild history to boldly go where no man has gone before Let's see, chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Danae is doing a dance, uh, <laughs> which I'm guessing means she's excited Yeah, to no. tell you about whatever mobile game she's playing now. Okay, so this mobile game I've had for a long time, though, uh-huh. and that's why I'm excited about it. And you're probably going to be like, that's the lamest thing ever. But, uh, you know, sometimes you have to have a game that doesn't require brain power and you just like sure. want to mindlessly play it. Sure. And Solitaire is one of the best mindless games ever. And there is a version of it called Solitaire Decked Out. And I really like this app. I've played this game, uh, this particular version of Solitaire, this this particular app. I think Is it a like, collection of Solitaire games or a specific it's one Solitaire? It's straight Solitaire. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just the, the traditional Solitaire where you can change it to be that, it, you know, the deck deals you three cards at once or one card at once. It's oh. incredibly... Well, what makes it different then? Okay, so it's, it's a really well-made app. You can... <laughs> 
<laughs> I know, I know. This sounds so lame, and I knew coming in, but I'm excited no, about it's it anyway. Great. I love it. I it's am so an app. Demain. I'm an app snob. Yeah, layout is important. The smoothness and transition yeah. of like how you play is important. It's just really well made. The ads ratio is important. Like if you preferably I, as I close like to zero as possible. The the color mm-hmm. scheme important. Like and so mm-hmm. sometimes I'll download like a solitaire game or some kind of a game, and it reminds me of like an yeah. old like computer game and, and there's ads all over the place jerk. no no no! Yeah. i'm being serious i'm with you oh okay i've oh i've won you over you're not being snarky gotcha i'm connecting to the part gotcha. you're connecting to okay so the thing i like about this particular one is you just it's just you straight plays game of solitaire yeah um and then they add fun little bonuses as you play so it's nothing that to do with having to buy stuff, nothing to do with anything. Um, and there's all these different deck versions that you unlock. So um, you can, if you want to change, like the one that I've got it on right now is like the UFO Nightscape. And Ooh. so as you play, you, you like earn coins and then you unlock a chest and then all of a sudden you could, like a, like a UFO actually comes over and sucks up little uh, sheep as you play. And I'm just, I'm literally just playing solitaire. I'm, I'm not interacting with the, the scenery, but it's a fun way to keep you coming back to the app and it genuinely is done well. So solitaire decked out, solitaire decked out. I right. recommend it. Very nice. I really wasn't trying to give you, give you flack. I, it's okay if you are. Once I connected to what you were trying to say, which is like, if you love solitaire, here's one that's done well, yeah. that you don't have to put up with all the junk. Because I've downloaded apps too, where mm-hmm. it's just like, this app's a mess. I kind of like the game underneath it, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. No, I get it. And there's just, it's just a fun, it's like a little fun thing. There's, there's like one where, where it's food. There's one where it's like a library and there's just different. There's I mean, different versions. I really, I, I really enjoy it. I try to, my dad, he plays one that's just super, it looks almost exactly like the computer one. And it's just really basic mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. But, um, it's just really clunky when I played it. I thought, you know, maybe you could try this one, but this one's too fancy for him. Cause you know, now your task <laughs> is to find me the, so. the best version of Minesweeper. That's your, that's your, ta- Man, that's your task now. That's my jam. Minesweeper yeah. was my favorite game. Uh, my, my like old computers that I used to have access to when I was little and I wasn't allowed to do anything on them except yeah. for just place like solitaire minesweeper and then write my homework. Yeah. And I used to pretend every time I played minesweeper that I was saving the world. <laughs> of course you did. I'd be like, okay, this is it. Danae, the whole world depends on you. <laughs> I would play minesweeper and then I would lose. And I'd be like, okay, okay this one's the one. <laughs> this of course. Is, if you don't, it, okay, it's three out of five. <laughs> I would just do that all the time. Uh, uh, memories pam though would need free cell you'd have to find a solitaire version that had free cell in it for pam so we had so many sons written about that scene i remember that was actually the now i'm just thinking about it that was my 99 percent of workplace problems are caused by whatever yeah and then we did the leprechaun sin mine was that doesn't make sense because the other one percent doesn't a lot for lazy co-workers who play free cell on their computers (laughs) or something like that you found it. I found it. I remembered. Yeah. Um, what about you, Jonathan? Um, so I, this movie is two years old, but I just watched it for the first time because it's available on Amazon Prime now, and it's perfect time of year to bring this up. I'm really kind of surprised it's not a, uh, a a bigger discussion than it is, but um, have you seen Anna and the Apocalypse, Aaron? No. Okay. So Anna and the Apocalypse, which is now available on Amazon Prime, it came out in 2017. Um, I remember it at the time. It got some buzz. It played at festivals and all that stuff. But it's a it's a zombie apocalypse comedy, and it's a British zombie apocalypse comedy musical set at Christmas. Wow. That's a lot. 
That is a and, lot. Um, it is wonderful. Um, it has some of the best original music I've heard in a movie since probably Sing Street. Um, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Nice. Um, and it's it's and it's it's really funny. Um, I would say like it, you know, if you're talking about like zombie apocalypse type comedies, I would say it's better than Zombieland. I would say it's pretty close to Shaun of the Dead territory. Wow. I've seen Shaun of the Dead so many times, though. It's kind of hard to say that, but I would say it's probably, it's definitely one I'm going to do multiple viewings of. Nice. Um, but it's like I said, it's a Christmas, it's a little, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a different type of Christmas movie, I guess. Um, if you're looking for something like that, um, if you like stuff like Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead, I highly recommend it. Um, it's got a really cool young cast. Um, Ella Hunt is the only one I recognize. She's in that new Apple Plus show. She has a character on there, uh, Dickinson, in that show with, um, yeah. um, can't think of her name all of a sudden. But anyway, she is in that show. Um, the director is, oddly enough, John McPhail. He hasn't really done anything else since. The writers haven't really done anything else since. Alan McDonald and Ryan McHenry. But it's a very smart movie. Um, it's like I said, it's got really good music in it. Um, and um, it's really funny. It's just, it's... It's really, really good, and I, I think it's one that deserves to be brought back to attention, especially since you can watch it now. A lot of people have Amazon Prime, and uh, I believe it's also like on Stars or something if you if you have access to that. So um, it's out there for the holiday season viewing, and I highly recommend it. Very nice. And in the apocalypse. Yep. I have been immersed in movies. I uh, got my mm-hmm. nominations in for the Critics' Choice Awards. Did you get uh, them all couple, watched? Just a couple days ago. I mean, I got as many watched as I could. That's a lot. And because uh, you were like doing like a hundred a day, <laughs> I was doing three or four a day. Yeah, it's crazy. I watched twenty two over the course of last week. Uh, twenty two movies. Um, so I've got a lot to choose from. I'm going to pick one that's kind of flying under the radar a little bit, uh, but is worthy to check out. And it's called Dark Waters. Um, this is Mark Ruffalo uh, mm-hmm. starring in a true story about the guy who uncovered Dupont's. Um, duplicitous uh way of handling their teflon uh chemical waste and so it's it's a fascinating look at just what companies get away with how damaging it is um how quickly it can impact uh it's handled in an interesting way uh the court case uh, you know, is fa- because this is about the lawyer who took it on. And usually when you're dealing with a lawyer going up a big company, you know, against a big company, it all culminates to a big court case. And that's, you know, the majority of the last 30 minutes of the movie is this, you know, hearing or whatever. But this is really about like the work he puts in outside of the court. And then the actual court stuff is almost secondary to that. Um, but it's still interesting and it's still good. And uh, I really enjoyed it. So it's one I think a lot of people will just miss. You know, it'll just kind of fly by because everything's coming out right now. And, yeah, it, and I, I believe it, it got a wider release this past weekend. I think I so. Know it's in theaters by me. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out when I have I think so. I think it's really good. I think it's really good. So I definitely wanted to mention cool. it. Let people know to check it out. Do it. Well, there you go. That's going to do it for Behind the Sins this week, guys. Everybody get everything out that they needed to say? Um, yes. So. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure all hearts were clear. Uh, don't forget to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on, on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. I am. <laughs> Either you want to spell it or you don't want to spell it. I just need to know. Um, D E N E E S A Y S. <laughs> Thank you. He is at Sam Lewis 13. You can also check out the podcast Twitter at CinemaSins BTS. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, 
We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BehindTheSinsPod at gmail.com. And be sure to subscribe or message us at Twitter. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com. This microphone makes me depressed. <laughs> what? Look. Wah, wah. It's just like this little limp noodle. Did you ever order the piece that needs to be replaced for this? No. Why? I got like... I, it's Are just... you about to talk about dying again? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, I died. Is I that died my, do, Can I just play the death card? Yeah. Can I just play that any time now? Yeah, can I? That's much. fun. <laughs> Is it? Oh, sorry. I totally missed that deadline, guys. Oops. Died. I died. Sorry. The script that's due in three months. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'm, I'm going to die again, probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> it went from ha-ha to wait. <laughs> Crazy weekend because you put up a gigantic television. That's part of it. Yeah, it's great. Were you so nervous about that? Um, Considering I... that TV costs more than $5. <laughs> and you're blasting out your microphone. Who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. Then who? You're still really loud. I, I have a feeling if you got excited, it would blast out again. Okay. Get excited. Let's talk um... about pizza. Woohoo. <laughs> That's the top of your excitement list, Danae, is pizza. Let's get excited. Let's talk about pizza. <laughs> Silence. If it's blasting out, we'll we'll try to to fix some stuff. Danae is beatboxing. Wicky, wicky, wicky. Oh well, I'm right here. Hi. I'm. I feel so put over in the corner. Hi, 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 Aaron. What'd you do? Can you hear me? Yep. Whoa, you did it, Aaron. Well, you fixed it. I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> It's a wonderful thing where it's like, yeah, I'm a genius. I have no clue what I just did. Awesome, awesome. Possum, awesome. Hi, you can hear me now. Yes, I can hear you very well. Aw. Hi, how are you? Hi. Hey, how was the cheer competition? Uh, It was good. I mean, they won, but mm-hmm. they only had one team competing against them in their group who was not good. Um, They dropped my daughter. <gasps> they caught her this time, which was nice. But uh, This you know. time? My kid's already, she's two and a half and she's already like seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. She pretty much is never going to be a flyer. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of hope she goes like volleyball, which still has its own set of injuries. Because oh, you're yeah, diving onto the floor. They got hurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything. I mean, nothing is completely oh, safe. Oh, so, or so, like. Some things more than others. A professional dungeon master. There you go. Be super proud. That, that is totally a thing now. It uh, is. I mean, we could get electrocuted right now. So, you know, what we're doing is not even safe. Uh, nothing is safe, really. Um, even even if you're healthy like Aaron, your heart might just hate you. <laughs> I feel like I'm that weird guy, though. I'm like you, Aaron. I'm really excited about that Planet of the Apes movie. Yeah, me too. I feel like I'm weird, though, that in the, the franchises that I love, I get excited when they announce something new for them. Sure. I, I feel like most people don't. <laughs> Well, they were just talking on uh, on Sincast, uh, and since Jeremy gave his version of the round and round that he and I do, I will give my version of the round and round that we do. Oh, my. Uh, I have not listened to Sincast yet. Some back and forth podcast That's punching. right. That's right. Like Jeremy Jeremy is not a fan, for the most part, of stuff No, no, like no, no. Well, they, they started using the word unnecessary again, yeah. and, and it's one of those things where Jeremy and I go back and forth. Uh, specifically, in this case, they were talking about the Breaking Bad uh, movie El Camino. And uh, Jeremy and I did have a long discussion about that. And we just come from different perspectives, but I don't understand the perspective of ruining something by adding more. 
it doesn't make sense to me because in my mind, you can always just have what you had and pretend the new one doesn't exist if you want to. It's all make-believe, guys. Like, you don't have to. I mean, the only thing that sometimes I, we talked, Chris and I talked about this in the Frozen 2 mini pod, but, um, you know, like, for instance, in Frozen 2, not to be spoilery, but they, uh, they continue the story of the parents. Let's just say that. So when you watch Frozen now, if you've seen Frozen 2, you know where they're going with that. Right. I, you don't know this, but as soon as you said not to be spoilery about Frozen 2, Danae, I'm not making a spoiler. No, 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 it's not no, spoilery. No, no, no. Danae, it's not a spoiler at listen, all. Listen, it doesn't matter. Danae threw her headphones across oh. the room. She now has both hands, both fingers in her ears and okay. is and is making is making a face like maybe from the dark crystal. The different perspective we come from is I'm coming from a consumer's perspective. I'm coming from, Mm -hmm. you know, go ahead and present it to me. If it's great, I'll love it. If it's not, I'll just discard it. You know, he's coming from a creator's perspective, which is, and I think he even said this on the podcast, which is when this is made, something else isn't being made. And so if this unnecessary thing is happening, it's taking energy and money away from other new things that could be happening. Um, and I don't know that I 100% buy that either. I don't think it's a zero-sum game. Like, you know. I don't either. Those, those, there's a lot of there's a lot of creators out there. So Yeah. And, and, and I just, I guess I'm just, I, I, A, being mad at, like, studios for what movies they release is just wasted energy for me and these yeah. things are going to continue yeah just don't and, and if people don't see them they won't but people are yeah. going to see them so they do i don't well, know it's just, but i mean even then like i think it's funny that people think there's never going to be another terminator movie i mean there's totally going to be something well it was hilarious uh, when uh you know coming out of uh joker everybody was like oh that's a one-off they're not going to do anymore yeah. and it's just like yeah uh-huh billion dollars you just wait <laughs> yeah no kidding there I'm will looking be forward to 2023 when we see like two-face the movie he did say that he might change his mind if truckloads of money show up. Oh, so. for the sequel? That it, yeah. That's true. No, Jer- you're talking about Jeremy said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy was talking about doing the Ables. He's like, yeah, I guess I might do Ables 5 if they showed up with $10 million at my door. So, like, I think he understands the commerce of it. But at the same time, I think it's, a, I mean, it's a worthwhile discussion, but I just, oh, I yeah, can't no. fault a piece of content for existing. Okay. Like, it just, I don't know. I disagree with you guys. I do like the pureness of a story being a story. Right. I kind of, I kind of, but don't you have, but don't you have experience? I think a sequel ruins that. And I, and I also think like, I I understood his thing, like going back and changing the beginning or changing the end of things. Because I've experienced where I've watched something and then you have to kind of imagine what happens next because Mm -hmm. you love the story so much. I've I've had that happen in books and movies. And to think that somebody might go back in and then show me their version of that reality. And then it's just like, it kind of bums me out because then I, then I'm in it. It's it's hard to almost erase it. So like Game of Thrones, for example, I don't like I, I was bummed almost the entire time watching Game of Thrones because I want to know what the author's version of it was. And I knew really early on this was going to go in a direction that he hadn't even come up with yet. And it just didn't feel right. And now he's like, yeah, I'm bummed with the ending. And I'm like, yeah, so we so write the book. <laughs> I get what we're saying, but I do. There are sometimes you just want to leave a story behind. But you're right, Jonathan. Like when you're talking about Star Trek, I didn't even think about that. As is it even something where my interaction with Star Trek or Next Gen or whatever, I didn't even know that there was source material for that, and th- that's my interaction was those stories. So yeah, you're right. I mean, if it was something that nobody did, 
But I'm not saying nobody do it. I'm just saying I have a hard time with it and can relate to what Jeremy I, was talking about. I think it comes from a place of ownership. We we experience something and we maintain a sense of ownership in that content. We maintain a sense of ownership of the story. Yeah, because we ah, have like an experience. Yeah, with and it. I've, here's the stuff I've put in the story yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And then once we've gripped onto that ownership, we don't want to give it back. We don't want the creator to have a chance to, you know, do something that might be different than we saw it or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for me, I have just let go of that. Like it's, it, it, it just, it doesn't, you can't ruin Toy Story for me by making Toy Story no. 2. You just, you, you just can't. Can. I, you know, it's, I, I, I don't know if that makes me different. I don't know if, and because of that, the word unnecessary is just not an adjective that matters to me. It doesn't matter to me if a piece of content is necessary or unnecessary, because really at the end of the day, 99.9% of all content is unnecessary. It's all unnecessary. You know, we go round and round. It's one of my favorite conversations with Jeremy. Mm-hmm. We have an entire podcast. Uh, with and the we're two of spending us. our entire podcast doing the same thing. <laughs> Today I was at Sonic grabbing myself a little breakfast before the show. Mm-hmm. Not abnormal. And one of the girls that's usually there, she was bringing my food to me and she was talking about how she's not going to be there very much longer. And she's kind of, she's got to get a job that pays more, even though she loves the staff and she loves the people. And so, um, and then uh, I was, I handed her $5 and my bill was $5 and 95 cents. And I, I just assumed she wanted to hang out and talk. <laughs> <laughs> And then after, like, we were talking about her life and her moving on, she's like, so, you know, I saw that you were trying to play, pay with a card. Did you want to, you know, use the card? And I was like, oh, yeah, did that go through? And I was I was super confused. Didn't realize I was 95 right. cents short. She says, well, I'll just cover the 95 cents. I would normally do that. But um, somebody, when they paid earlier, they stiffed three dollars. that I have to pay back out of my own money now. And I was like, then I realized what was going on. And I gave her my card to because I couldn't find 95 cents in change. And then I just gave her the five dollars in cash because I was like, just take it as a tip because you walked out to the car. It's been a weird day or whatever. Yeah. She was really like shocked by this. And and so because I can't just be like, cool, have a great day. I, I was like, I, I was I did the thing where I was trying to say something like cool. And maybe you know, inspirational. Mm-hmm. And I said, so I said, just you go live your life and do stuff. It's <laughs> like, good, uh, it's good advice. Like, what the, go then, live your life and do stuff. That's what I said. All right, listen, this is a new thing. This is a behind the scenes uh, pod challenge. Go give somebody five dollars. Just give them five dollars, and when they ask why, you say you just go, go live, live your life, life and do stuff. Do stuff. I love it. It's well, the do we stuff challenge. Buy something pretty. Oh my god! It's the do stuff challenge. It was. We want to hear your stories. Yeah, tell tell us how they reacted because she looked at <laughs> me like, like a mountain. Oh, okay, it's like just turned and walked away. Sort of awkward moment. I usually can at least speak to someone's soul, and this time I'm just like do stuff. I'm just imagining. I'm just imagining so handing somebody five dollars <laughs> with this like this look in my eye and being like, "Hey, go live your life and do stuff." Right? Like, what, what, what's that? Danae, what about you? Yeah, I got a pee. So thanks for asking. <laughs> should we do a Should we do a corrections <clears throat> section for the outtakes of yeah. of mistakes from last week? Yes. <laughs> like when Jonathan said that Barrett and he wrote, and it was actually me. Oh. <laughs> I, and I was going to say, Danae, you'll have you'll have really fond memories of writing with Aaron because clearly I do. So. <laughs> yes. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 